Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns, and Gordon Young on Rock Sport Radio. It's Monday, it's a brand new week and we're talking football as we always do across central Scotland on the DAB Digital Radio online at rocksportradio.co.uk via your smartphone uh, using the TuneIn and the Radiogram apps and uh, you can also watch us as we stream live on Facebook, on Twitter and on Periscope and just in case you're wondering, no it isn't Stevie Wonder that sat in seat one, what is that with these glasses with you? These glasses, I've got a mind of their own. And <laughs> well, I'm glad one of you has. The, the, <laughs> the, the ball, you know, pretty want to see how horrendous actually I do look. <laughs> get, me, get me on that date site he's on, with these bins. Here come the men in black. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're, they're talking right. to me. <laughs> they're okay. No, the, 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 the leg fell off my good one, so these are the wee uh, reserve pair that I keep in the car. And I can read the papers when I mean, read my, my notes, so I'm quite happy with that, to be honest. I think. Have you, have you, seriously, have you any idea? How, how stupid I look? Have you any idea? Well, there's only me, you and Youngie, so I'm not really that bothered, <laughs> to be honest with you. Along with how many million are tuned in tonight, so we, we don't know what's happening. Let's just, let's just sort this out for you so that you've got some idea, because it's unfair. Anyway, we've got a lot of people tuned in tonight, it's so you know, we, we need to put a few shout-outs and say hello to some people. Big glasses don't match your face, I'm telling you. How's that? They just don't. <laughs> There's not much matches that face, Bill. No, 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 you're, you're right. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, right, I got that. I get that. Okay, I like that. Got what? I got you. Yeah. We were talking about that. All right, okay. What were you doing? I was looking at the picture that I've just posted on Twitter at the pair of you asking for a caption. Right, okay. I'm and sure you'll get one. I'm just, well, just I'll show you because, in fact, I'll send it to the Rock Sport thingy as well. Okay. Because it's an interesting one, this one. Mm, uh, okay. Anyway, good evening, Gordon Young, all the way from Cove. It's very nice that you came in today. We phoned you this morning, got you organised, and another great one on Saturday. We maybe no cover it later on, but what is happening at Cove Rangers? You are just absolutely flying, Youngie. Not doing too bad at all. Absolutely brilliant. Nope. I remember you told me when you got the gig, you said, listen, we've inherited a good squad here. Yep. What have you actually added to what was previously got them through the pyramid? Well, I said to you before, I mean, there's a wee bit of misconception that we're spending a fortune, and that's not the case. The budget's the same as the Highland League budget. Um, the players that we've got in are, are, are decent players. Yep. But like you say, we've added Fraser Fivey. Yeah, good uh, player, yep. Who's very, very good. He shouldn't be in that league. And was he on a free? He was available. As was Fraser Aird. Uh, well, he was at Dundee United. Both Fraser at Dundee United. Both at United, yes, I. So, a good bit of uh, networking, a wee bit of contact, and the fact that, uh, in Fivey's case, he's local. Um, had a few offers to come down the central belt has been travelling a wee bit for the last couple of years mm-hmm. his missus is expecting in fact just the baby at the weekend mm-hmm. so I think he felt like uh, some downtime some home time mm-hmm. um, and we, we can uh, showcase him so the idea for him hopefully is to do well for us and then maybe get a move at the end of the season he's signed at the end of the season which what, is what are we talking about now? Fraser Fivey yeah that Cove have signed alright oh, right. Um, I missed that because I was putting the picture up with and, you two and Fraser Aird as well gazing longingly into each other's <laughs> eyes and uh, Fraser uh, Aird as well it was at Dundee United it seems, it seems to be bouncing about a wee bit but listen at the end of the day young know, players find their level and you know it's like every walk of life if you, you find your level and you're comfortable with it then you just go with it and 
Well, he's definitely on the up. So, and again, your crowds are great. Listen, it's playing football. Ah, exactly. They want to play football. They'll play football wherever it takes them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like you know that you're moving from, let's say, a Dundee United. No disrespect to a, you know, a second division club with that really toiling bill and no crowds and what have you. You want to go somewhere that's fresh and and want to go the right direction. And it's a good move. Well, you want to go somewhere that's going to get you a platform to take. If you're going to take that wee step back to maybe go forward again. That's what we offer them. We offer them that bill to say, look, come play football, do well. We'll not stand in your way. Um, some of the uh, the players that we did bring in, uh, sorry, we, we inherited um, that weren't they going to be part of the the first eleven. We've allowed them to go back to you know teams in the Highland League. So it's not as if we're up there uh, harvesting you know two dozen players. We've only we've got a very small squad, seventeen outfield players, two goalkeepers, uh, and that means we've not got massive selection problems. Good. Everybody's playing. The other thing as yes. well, guys. To be honest with you, the economic model in football's changed once you get past a certain level, mm-hmm. and a lot of players don't want to play full time full time anymore it doesn't That's make right. them any less professional no. they still work hard they still train hard they're still working with good people uh, it gives them an opportunity to, to make a decent living you know it's, yeah it was always no. kind of frowned upon being a part time footballer and having a only job only by you well possibly by me <laughs> part time footballers yeah I was never one of them I've got to say but anyway <laughs> you know now you look at it you're right you know they're earning good money at Cove some of these guys at Cove are on 1500 quid a week <laughs> <laughs> I think I can still get a boot. Some good dough they're on, and uh, along with their full time, the full time wage, you know. And, and no, listen, get... reality kicks in. I, I can speak for experience. There comes a time when you've, you've you've got to look at the future. You've got to see what's best for you, what's best for your family. And some of these guys, we took, we took, but not honestly, I've been at clubs where guys are signing full time contracts on money that you wouldn't get your bed for. Mm-hmm. But they're desperate to keep, you know, on the on the, the full time to be called a full a full time player. Yeah. Whereas some of the more no, the, the the more educated ones they're looking at. Well, if I can play, if I train three nights a week, and I earn X, and I'm a retraining to do something else. That was the thing about five. He impressed me. He spoke to two or three people and were bored um, on on two or three different uh, uh, career paths. And he was looking at finance. He was looking at um, the oil industry. Um, and I always remember Mark Reynolds at the same at Aberdeen. He used to go to night school and he used to go to day release um, with one of the, the petrochemical companies. And now when he finishes playing, he'll be able to walk into a a, a very good job. Clever boy. No, I think it's, you know, I can see why players do it these days. And it, it kind of makes sense. And the amount of players that I speak to on here that are down working in that environment all seem very satisfied with their lives. A lot of them turn around and say, I'm not sure I could afford to go pro again. Uh, and I can understand where they're coming from. Well, all we were advised to do is... Buy a greyhound that will make you a fortune, <laughs> um, you know, and 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 really that's what that's what a lot is end up doing, you know. So uh, you're right, it's true that they're, they're so much more well educated now than what we were. You know that young when we played, you know, it was you finished training, you know, it was a racetrack, it was a bench shot, it was a pool hall, snooker hall, the boozer, whatever, and 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 be ready for your game on a Saturday, and that's just the way it was, Bill. There's a lot of good players still being able to you know perform on a Saturday. A lot of the guys were, you know, had a good career and were, you know, come the end of the career, well set enough to, to, you know, to sit back. A lot of us have had to dig deep and find different ways of making money. And in fact, McAvenny had a great bit as he always has every Sunday. Frank's bit's good, and it was my mum that highlighted it. And she says, "Good on Frank for sticking up for all you footballers that need to work now, because." There comes a time when the guys need to work, and that's it. And, and you know, nobody's shy of making an earner. You don't know what you do. You've still got to pay the bills, you've still got to earn and, and, and live. Um, but now these players are 
they're getting everything thrown at them. They're getting a great standard of life. They're playing in probably better facilities than we did as well, earning more money and being educated for future life. For future life. So I think it's now's the time to be. And, and the other thing is, of course, they're looking after themselves these days, which means their pre- playing career goes on longer than it used to. Of course it, it does. Of course it does. You know, well, you look at players now and, and, and the ages that they're playing to, and it's because they've looked after themselves and of course. they've done things the right way. I'm seeing players leave there on a Saturday, you know, and their other wives are waiting on them, the family's waiting on them, and the players will come up for the dressing room individually. You know, when we stopped playing, you know what I mean, there was taxis waiting at the front door, and, you know, we were having the, that's the way it was, a taxi at the front door. And into city, and that was you. Till about the Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> that was your day off. <laughs> that was my day off. So it went into your Thursday. So you know, <laughs> it's uh, different times, uh, different culture, and, and everything has changed. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, where's? I, I mean, I know, I know. There's greatly exaggerated amounts of money spoken about about the Highland League and, and up that neck of the woods, but they have invested in their football fairly substantially. I mean, why is it? Why has it become like that? Because. It's not as if it's it's a hotbed, is it? And demographically, the league's changed. You look at that second division, uh, maybe even, even stretch it a bit further. Twelve. When did Ross County and Inverness come in? Fifteen years ago. Round yeah. about. Yeah. I wouldn't so, be far away from so there. So you think last fifteen years you've got Ross County, Inverness, Elgin. Now you've got Cove, um, Annan. We played on Saturday from from the bottom side. Edinburgh City. There's five six teams that were out in the wilderness. And now, because of the pyramid system, it's it, it's very lucrative. Mm-hmm. It's probably not in par um, pound for pound, but if you invest in a club in the pyramid system, everybody, all all the the, the foreign investors want to get a championship club in England because they're one away from the, the Premiership. Mm-hmm. So if you think a businessman, maybe the people at Kelty, maybe East Kilbride, certainly Cove, the Annans, these kind of people, they saw an opportunity to get into a, a, a low entry level that would uh, migrate towards full-time. Now, that, that's the plan. Uh, there's a lot spoken about the five-year plan at Cove, and that's probably the same as Inverness and North County. Uh, you know, and as Cove goes where you are, you've got a great, a great you know, uh, fan base right now. Um, you know, where can Cove go? You know, there's so many, so many people living, you know, in that area, you know, but can it, you know, you're in the second division, you're going like a steam train, you're, you're one in three, four nothing every week, doing fantastically well. You, you know, all going well, you go up, albeit whatever you get into the next division you know where can Cove go youngie well I know it's not the Cove show but they, they weren't really expecting this mm-hmm. they were they were looking for um, standardisation this year this was to bed in just be run about the playoffs um, and, and you know build uh, incrementally so it's all been quite exciting ahead of schedule you it's, aye but it's no I mean we're only 8 games in and because it's you know these small leagues you've got to play them all again and they'll all be a bit wiser um, and, and they know what we're about. I mean, teams are coming, sitting in. I think I said to you off, uh, off the air, in the last three games, we had 64 shots in goal. And that, that's, you know, pretty commendable for, for, for our players. Mm-hmm. Because it's the way we train, it's the way we play, it's the type of players that we've recruited, we want to, we want to be... Mm-hmm. But go back to your question, we're five miles from Aberdeen. There's only one city, it's only one team in that city. How many other cities in the UK have only got one football team? So there is. There will be an overspill, you know. One and one. the other thing is, as well, to be fair, there's a lot of a lot of fans around there that that wouldn't support Aberdeen particularly. Yep. And there's a lot of towns and villages around. Yes. You know, you've Aye. got those places. And I think the better the results <clears throat> are. You're right. You know, and and possibly the way things are right now at Petodre, a lot of fans will be saying, you know, I'm actually going to go and watch Cove. You know, and we'll obviously speak about Aberdeen later on uh, in the show. But why know, is that? 
Well, I think they played. In, I think they played in Saturday. <laughs> well, they were there. Uh, so you know the attraction is if Aberdeen's away and maybe Cove is, is it. No, that, is that the way the fixtures come? No, well, is Aberdeen? Is it? If Aberdeen going back to when they were in Europe and they were playing on a Sunday, and certainly were away from home, we see the difference in the crowds. Ah, but that's always just going to last one week anyway, isn't it? You know, <laughs> to be honest. So you know, but who, who's the next big challenger of coming from the Highland League? Do you think, in terms of you know, just their overall kind of status, their financial status, their ability? Who's the next big challenger from the Highland League? For Martin, for and, Martin. and and Brora. And we played Brora in that Challenge Cup, and you know, historically Brora and, and Cove were kind of rivals. Yeah. Um, the only disadvantage for Brora is geographically. Because you're you're an hour by Inverness, so you know your recruitment's going to be quite difficult there. Yeah. But there's certainly the, the, there's ambition there, and there's finances there, and there's facilities. That's a massive thing. When we look at our pitch, uh, we're seeing off the record, uh, off the air there, uh, it's mandatory that you come and train two nights in uh, at Cove. So we don't have split squads. We don't have you know players doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. The only thing that we give them responsibility for is their fitness program. So they do their own fitness away from the park. Mm-hmm. That's so important, Shug. I see you've obviously not been bothering about it. Look at me. Aye, okay. I'm like a great god. I'll be on... I could, <laughs> a be, a, I could be a match for anybody. A great god. Could you be a... You could, yeah. yeah so you, could you could be a, be a match, match for anybody. You yeah. like match is a thing. Yeah, um, you could be. Yeah, you absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ali Graham says, deeply dippy. Deeply dippy. <laughs> right, the picture of you two. Right, said Fred. <laughs> I had a great show with Ali a few weeks. Past the first five years we worked for Bill when we, when we were together. And Ali, I thought you were magnificent, mate. I pulled you right through the show, to be honest with you. So, uh, you'll see you in five years. <laughs> no, big man was top notch. But, but you can see how the, the pyramid is starting to kick in and work properly. The only thing that everybody's got the complaint about, talking about Ali Graham, because he highlights it all the time, is there should be automatic promotion to League Two for yeah. whoever wins a playoff between yeah. Highland League and Lowland League. I agree with him. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you finish both with the pile, you don't deserve another crack at it. Mm-hmm. And you go back historically, you know, we were saying when we played, when you get reinstated junior, you could go back senior for £650 every year. But because you were playing at a level where these teams at the bottom of the pile, some of them are not in the league now, what was the point of going to these teams mm-hmm. when they don't have the finances, they don't have the infrastructure? Yeah. And and it's the same now. You can see the Highland League been well organised. You can see the the the, the finances there, um, and they all seem to be really well organised. Yeah. So we sold two players, and I I don't remember the last club I've been with who actually sold a player in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Unless it was somebody, you know, going for big, big money. <coughs> but isn't it great? There's a freshness about that, that you know, that that area of the game, Bill. Where before it was, it was stagnant. They were getting, you know, <laughs> finishing doing the bump, the yeah. pile, no going anywhere, no giving them that opportunity. And now they see a wee bit of opportunity, and that's why people, you know, that are trying to get into the pyramid system or want to invest. As Youngie says, it they see a wee, oh, you've got a chance here. You know, who would have thought Cove Rangers? But remember when Higgs was at Montrose. Uh, he spoke about Cove never the next big thing before you got involved remember when he was mm-hmm. in, and I think mm-hmm. they, they beat them didn't they over the playoffs to stay in yep. and Cove missed out on that one so. no no was that no Brora Brora Rangers uh, yes because I think Brora didn't want to go that was the show. Actually, actually, that's not quite true. I'll tell you the story, Youngie, because I spoke to the chairman at the time, was a guy called John Young, mm-hmm. and I spoke to John. And I said to him, what is all this carry on about? You don't want to go up and blah de blah de blah And he went all around the houses and I said, I'm getting the feeling that this is literally to flush out the SFA, or the SPFL, sorry, to tell you how much money you're go- getting for going up. And that's what it was. 
it wasn't they didn't want to go up. Nobody had told them what they were getting for going up and they were trying to flush them out by having all this kind of hoo-ha. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. So it was a strange situation. But here, look, the good thing is that we've got the pyramiding system there and I, I, I actually think it's working properly. Mm-hmm. Apart from that one thing, which I didn't agree with until recently, but I do agree with it now, that if the Highland League and the Lowland League play off, the winner of that shouldn't have to play off against the bottom of the league too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Totally. Totally agree with that. I think that's one of those ones where you automatically just you go up. Yes. A yes. uh, couple of bits and pieces to talk about, boys, before we, we look at the, the stuff uh, in depth. And, and again, it comes back to refereeing decisions. Uh, we'll talk to them as we go through the games, but obviously the ones that have been uh, firing around social media are uh, the two with Celtic against Hibs. Kevin uh, and I was just wondering, I mean, I've th- I got to say, by the end of the first half, I was on Twitter saying the referee's going to get pelters for this game. And, it, you know, I'm sorry. It is one of the worst displays I've seen in a long, long time. He just let the game get away from him, for, in my view, Kevin Clancy. Well, I've watched Kevin Clancy for years and Bill's probably heard me give him pelters for years and, and I don't think there's ever any communication with Kevin Clancy it's limited now anyway as referees with players there's not just as much as, as years going by but he, he doesn't even look the part for me he doesn't get about the ground he doesn't, he doesn't get about the part quick enough he doesn't interact with players he doesn't he's got nothing about him at all for me and, and he keeps getting big games I've watched him at Ibrox he looks lost he just looks as though his, first, his, his game's his first game and, and he's been refereeing a wee while now Bill and just not getting any better. The mm. decisions he made, I've got to say, I, absolutely shocking. I've never, I've never really had any great kind of cause for comment about Kevin Clancy's. Like every other referee, he has good games and he has bad games. But I did think he let the game get away from him on on Saturday. You've got to be careful what you say, obviously, because of the SPFL and bringing the game into disrepute. So uh, I'm sure whatever you're going to say is going to be fairly measured. But if you do want to comment, you're more than welcome to, within reason. I take it Clancy's not involved in anything below Premier, or, or does he get you know first and second division games? How does that work? It's interesting. Uh, I read a comment of Jim Goodwin saying about the the profile of referees that the provincial clubs are getting and the profile. Of, yeah, we talked about yeah. it on Friday, and and it was a Jim, fair point. Yeah, it is. But then we had Charlie Richmond on last Thursday as well as last uh, Tuesday, Youngie, and, and Charlie Richmond was saying, but if you've got if you're a manager and you've got a young player. Very rarely you're going to put him into playing the big games. Yeah. You're going to blood him against the teams that you think he's more suited to play. Uh, he says, and that's what they do with referees. They put them into the games that are not going to be seen as being potentially controversial. Well, anybody that thinks that Kevin Clancy is is more than capable of dealing with the Hibs and Celtic, they need to have a look at themselves because that's it's always a bit of a powder keg game, that especially at, at Easter Road. Yeah, but he is a top flight referee, so I, you'd expect I, I, him to be I, able to deal with it. I the, the fact that he I didn't, genuinely don't see why he, he gets as many games as he does. I really, honestly, Bill, you know that I, I, I watch everything that goes on, I watch referees, I watch the body language, I watch if there's a smell on their face, if they chat to players. No, they don't. He's like a big school teacher running about the park. I've said that before. And, and you know, he just points his finger. He's got no chart. Players, you know, players, this, they, want to, they want to interact with, with referees. They want, you know, decisions made. I OK, ref. And I know it doesn't happen just as much now. But I tell you, Kevin Clancy, 
you know, I'm always opinionated when it comes to referees, you know that, and I watch them, and there's not that many of them going about, you know, Madden, for me, you know, the best of a bad bunch, uh, he did well on Saturday, Madden had not much to do anyway, he's had a few, few bad ones as well, Madden, but he's better than what he was, youngie, um, but the rest of them, you know, the, you know, thing was getting slaughtered, D- Dallas is getting slaughtered, um, and then, of course, the fourth official, or the linesman, gets a bottle of water battered off him at the side of the park. <laughs> Be Higginbottom as well. Well, they you know, say it didn't hit him. Well, I don't know, something hit him because uh, the guy turned down right away. He must have heard that. It must have been like a cap going off. If you've, you bat one of the water bottles no, I know, at I the side them. of the park, I watched them do it. I watched that, and, you know, it's comical and funny. No, for Higginbottom. And it just years off the world was on his shoulders. Everybody was against him. Um, it was a spur in the moment thing. It happened. But the decisions you're talking about, the particular decisions... Were they penalties, those two? For me, definitely. Okay. The, one, the one of Boyer on the... Um, on the, on the, on the and, well, obviously, when he's on, in their box, as a stone wall. I, I think Ryan Christie made a very good point. He said, if that ball that I tried to put over had been blocked rather than got across, he said, I think I'd have stood a better chance of getting it. I thought yeah. they were both penalties, but I thought the Bauer one was more of a stone waller than, than the Christie one. Mm-hmm. But I would have given both of them. Uh, what about uh, what about uh, in Cham and the hands up? I think the hands only went to a certain level, Bill. Hit his face. Mm-hmm. Hit his face. Well, I don't. Did he hit his face? Yeah, he did. He got him there. I don't think he did. I, I think can tell it, you I, that. I think he pushed him just under the apple there. No, and no. For, well, I did. Well, well, agree, disagree. Hit, if you want to get up and a look at it, I, I didn't think it was that high that it deserved a, a sending off bill. Actually, I'm a bit loath to do that because I watched the thing last night and it was about... Uh, it was a still of a player. It looked as if he was getting a boot in the head and when you saw the bit properly, it was nowhere near his head. Mm. So these things can be misleading. But watching it, I just thought it was... Uh, you can't and, do and, things and like no that. it's no light and charm to be... You know, to be like that, he was quite aggressive. You know, maybe Lenny will be quite happy that he's get that wee bit aggressive in his game. But um, well, know. listen, let's talk about the game now because obviously it was the early kickoff on Saturday. It ended up in the one-one draw. Hibs against Celtic. Uh, Hibs taking the lead after a deflected goal off Christopher Ayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celtic coming back after a controversial free kick again, which seemed to have played on, and then the fourth official. Uh, seemed to bring it back with the referee. It was taken quickly. Hibbs players were still trying to gather themselves. The next thing you know, it's down, it's out to Bauer. Bauer crosses it over. Ryan Christie's got a free header and he just places it in the, the top corner. Mm-hmm. Um, as a game goes, it was one of those games where I think both managers would have been frustrated in a way. Well, to go a goal down, uh, you know, you're up against it. You're always expecting Celtic to come back. And and I don't think that Neil Lennon was too hard on his players at the end. Uh, you know, in the headlines, I says Lenny can't slam sloppy Celts after dream start to season ends in capital stalemate. And it's just one of those days. And I've seen his interview at the end as well. And you, again, you look at um, who's, giving him the, who's giving him the plaudits and the marks here. It was Craig Swan and... Swanee being a good Celtic fan is usually up about eight or nine. Um, he's six and sevens today, so I don't know what was the matter with Swanee on Saturday. <laughs> Hope you're listening, Swanee. Um, so uh, you know it, it tells you, you know, the paper that he's a good Swanee's good at what he does, and uh, it was a surprise. We all thought Celtic would have went through there, especially the way the pressure's been under under uh, Higginbottom and over Higginbottom the last few weeks with the results that they've had all day long. Take the point. Um, I think you know. Takes a wee bit of pressure, gives him a wee bit of a wee bit of time to adjust and get better results. Still think the nicer route for Higginbottom. Lenny looked quite subdued when he got interviewed at the end of the game. I think he's mellowed a wee bit. Um, as always, hidden Friday night. Um, I don't know what I, what my prediction was. I think I remember went 
two or three one Celtic to be fair. Three one. Three one I went. Um so you know, I was wrong with that, but you know, Hibs will take a point all day long against Celtic. Youngy, one of the things you've got as a as a manager, I guess, when you're you're Paul Hickenbottom or any manager out with the old firm is you want to press, you want to challenge, you want to get in their face, you want them not to settle and get into a routine. That's great, but you can only do it for about 65 minutes and then you know that for the last 25 minutes you're going to get battered because it's unsustainable. Hibs in the first half, they did challenge, they did get in their face, they did break up the rhythm and at the time they were probably worth that one goal lead, but you just knew it wasn't sustainable. I think you've got two game plans, certainly speaking for, as a provincial coach or, or been involved in management against Rangers or Celtic, and the two plans you would have is sit and frustrate them and get people behind the ball or go and press them, take the game to them. And like you say, it's difficult to take the game to them for 90 minutes. So as, as, as you're growing a team or shaping a team or styling a team, you're looking for that kind of halfway house. When can we go and press them and when can we sit behind the ball? Just take a breather. I was actually, one of your sessions on Thursday night was sometimes when you're under a bit of pressure, you just need to keep the ball a wee bit longer. And it might sound so simple and so stupid, but it is just to get your, your breath back. Because, you know, you're, you're starved of oxygen, you're charging about the park, there's the, the whole height because the game's live on mm-hmm. the TV. On the Celtic point of view, I think it must be difficult for, for Lenny and, and Stephen Gerrard just now because you've got these games on Thursday. These are massive games for Celtic and Rangers. So you're a professional, you're organised. I'm not saying you, you, you've you total uh, squad rotation, but you've got that wee eye on... on the bigger game, and you know they've got a score to settle with Cluj on Thursday night. So you've you've, and that is a big game for Celtic mm-hmm. because you want to put the record straight and say right. And I fancy Celtic give them a doing. And let's not let's not forget Cluj got off to a decent start with Lazio. I know Lazio have lost six of their last seven European games. Yeah, but Clues it's, beat it's Lazio still Lazio. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. got off to a good start. Cluj yeah, against I, I, Lazio. I, 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 I don't know if I can agree with you, there, Gordon. You know how Celtic being as professional as they are. Lennon been in the hot seat for, for so long and, and I think they'd been through there and I, I don't really see that and again it's all about opinions, mm-hmm. that, that being in their thoughts I think that looks after itself and obviously yeah there has to be between them and Cluj a score to settle but I think you know first and foremost through that M8 three points, keep the pressure on Celtic, uh, Rangers have it six points, come three o'clock and uh, I don't think they, you know, I ever looked as though Celtic were really going to Get that three points. We need to go down. And I don't know. I think I've I, I got to be honest. Last fifteen minutes, I thought well, it was a game of shooting going to, in. They're mm. not going to press and get that, you know, that that winner. But um, you know, I mean, Bayo missed one, which I thought was scorable. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Hayes certainly missed one, leaning back. He, he could have kept that down. That was a goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Celtic had chances. Did they deserve the three points on a fifteen-minute spell? Is that what wins you a game? Well, I had a conversation with Jerry Collins last week where we were talking about the way that Celtic would win games in the 94th minute. Rangers have started doing it in final minutes of games now. That's what you do. You keep going. So if you get the result, you deserve the result because you have kept going. But I honestly do think it might have been a wee bit harsh on Hibs had they not got something out of it. Because I thought for the first, certainly 55 minutes, they put enough into the game to make it Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hibs always raise the bar a wee bit when, when the old firm come calling. It tends to happen. You know, you raise the game a wee bit if, if the big guns come through. But I think the pressure on the Hibs manager right now, the stick that he's getting, even off the Hibs fans, I think obviously the Derby game didn't help him. And then obviously, I think getting out of jail a wee bit, uh, you know, winning on pens at Kilmarnock, which was a massive result. And you've probably seen that wee sharpness to them on the Saturday after coming for uh, 
rugby part way that result on Wednesday. I think results do breed a wee bit of confidence. So we bit of pressure off him. Youngie, how how much do you think? And I know it's a way away yet, but how much do you think that Paul Higginbottom said to his team, "Look, guys, we're going to be playing them the semi-final of a trophy." a major trophy for us in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Let's not make this easy for them so that in a couple of weeks' time or two or three weeks' time, they think that they can just come and knock us over. I know you take every game as it comes and that game would have been treated individually, but you've got to think that there must have been something in his head there to put down a bit of a marker for the semi-final. Well, that could have been that could have went horribly wrong. Celtic could have won five or six nothing on Saturday. Uh, going in for him. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the semi-final in two or three weeks' time, and it's a massive problem. I think, if anything, he's got a wee lift there. Like you say, after losing the derby game, then getting through to the, the semi-final at uh, Kilmarnock, by all accounts, you know, was hardly a shot and goal, but they're in the, in the, the next round. The draw. And then staving off, I said they McEwen on Saturday, keeps you mm-hmm. keeps the, the boat a wee bit steady so that you can prepare for for further down the line. But They've really got to get out of the position they're in in the league. That's not acceptable or palatable for, for that Hibs support. I think all of the boys, and me included, we tipped them to be a top three team yep. this season. So yeah. it's been a bit of a, a, a kind of shock, an eye-opener for everybody. Yeah, it has, and I think probably the saving grace is St Johnston getting off to such a bad start down there on three points. Hibs in five and, and, and St Murn above them in goal difference. It's nowhere Hibs, I think, will finish the league. Uh, of the season I think they will obviously start climbing it but again the pressure's on the manager but I think Young is right it gives them a wee bit of confidence going into that semi-final knowing that if they compete got to compete you've got to win your own wee individual battles I think in places they did that top marks to Paul, uh, Paul Hanlon who I thought they were cracking game on Saturday that's his type of game putting his, his, his body in the line a lot of times and he gets a lot of stick handling at the back but you know Lewis uh, Stevenson as well still a good servant at left back good player subs you know, it's a false dawn where they are. <coughs> Excuse me. It's all very well looking at the manager, but a lot of players need to look at their cell youngie. They're on good air. That's a good club, Hibs. 17, 18,000 there every week. They should be higher up that league. They're making good money, Bill. And a good air that they should be doing much better than what they're doing for the manager. Another one of those killer passes from Scott Allen, those reverse passes that he's so well, good at. Well, the, pass, the pass. first pass was a cracking pass to Scott Allen, then the killer pass. And then, I've got to say, Big Ayer wasn't the bravest. With a shot, he's turned. He's, yeah, he's turned. He's turned a wee bit on it, and it's hit. He's instepped and, and squeezed in by the goalie. I don't think the manager will be best pleased with that. I like Ayer, but um, should be showing a wee bit more strength in those in those situations. The other thing, just going back, then you're right about these European games. But Rangers and Celtic both should have strong enough squads now to be able to look and make changes if they have to, and they do for for games in the league. Mm-hmm. But you you want <coughs> consistency, Bill. You know, sure you, you'll you'll. You'll have a nucleus of your team, so you can maybe spell three or four to, to freshen up mm-hmm. and to rest players. But you know you want to have it's like uh, Craig uh, Scott Brown playing every game mm-hmm. because he's a linchpin in, in the middle of the park. So you know want to you'll manage him in a different way, and you want to keep maybe your two centre halves consistent. So you've got you've got that balance, and you, you you can rotate your strikers because you want to keep them a bit fresh, and you you maybe be looking at certain games in uh, home or away that you can get the best out of them. I, I just think that we. I look at teams and I always think teams are a reflection on coaches' personality. And I'm looking at Kilmarnock and I'm looking at Hibs and they don't score goals and they don't seem to have the flair. Mm-hmm. And I think that transposes back to the whole setup. You're trying to create a positive environment. You know, if you're a dogged team, 
you're, you're nine times out of ten, your manager's dogged, and mm-hmm. you know, like the way Hearts are playing just now, they're they're very much Craig Levine style Craig, just now. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you know Brendan Rodgers at Leicester yesterday, you see that that's a style of play, and it reflects on the managers. You know. Thoughts so are you saying that Hickenbottom's not a good match for uh, Hibs? No, I just don't know the guy at all. Um, I just think that they look a very flat team. I don't think they've they're. As expansive as they were last I mean, I'm not sure you can tell from a match like Saturday anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all about connection then. Yeah, yeah. Have is. you got that connection between the, the, the coaching staff and the players? Or do you just go on websites and try and make it happen? I don't know. Is that that? Where's, where's the magic ingredient? Who knows? Maybe Shug Who knows? Shug? No, I don't know anything. <laughs> he must know something. He's a, ma- he's a match for a few. I know. I, yeah, I'm a match. He's for not a catch for MD, but he's a match for a few. <laughs> I'm a match for MD. <laughs> like it, boys. Love it. So, uh, just talking about uh, about Hibs, can we see a way out? I mean, I think they've got too many players to be languishing down at the bottom of the league. I think a wee run, a couple of wins, gets them into the pack and gets a wee bit of confidence about them. Gives the manager a wee bit more confidence. He can maybe express himself a wee bit as well. I think. It's a shame the way it's worked out because you know everybody thought it was the best thing for Slice Bread when he came back up the road last year. Well, he lost. He, he lost well, he two wasn't games. The first pick, was he? he? No, he wasn't. He lost two games from the, the ten that he took over. Yeah, and it looked all great. <coughs> it looked in the garden looked rosy, and then suddenly a bad start. But you know how many games are there? Seven, seven games. You know, should we be sacking managers after seven games? You know, it's, it's a bit. Well. We had this argument the other week, you and I, and it was an argument where you were talking about Craig Levine. I think we were at it's five about games then. No, no, no. The point I made was yes, big Levine at the door. <clears throat> well, th- th- let me tell you why. And I defended him. You did, and it's what too. Well, it hasn't yet. It has. No, it's it still hasn't. There. No, it, it hasn't the last two yet. It hasn't defeated yet. in the last three. It hasn't yet. Yeah. But anyway, the point I was making is, you said, is it right to look at him after five games? It wasn't after five games. Look at his end of last season. There was a continuum there. New season, and that's, that's the new point season. that I'm making. New season. Yeah, but if it's the same old result, it doesn't matter if it's a new season. Yeah, I know, but you know. It doesn't matter if you sing the same song at a different gig. It's still judge. the same song. You've got to judge the season, mate, for me. So that's the point I was making. Yeah, the only thing, maybe, in Hickenbottom's uh, defence is he's recruited maybe eight or nine new players. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's too early, for, you know, for the the jail properly. I tell you what, it was, it was Youngie, Does that not? Sorry, Chug. Right. Does that not call into question though? Is he brought in the right players to, for a Hibs team? Hundred percent. You see, listen. There's some great examples of clubs that have paid a lot of money for for certain players, and they've known within a couple of weeks they're not the right fit. Yeah. And I always remember going way back when when, when Ajax signed the boy Olsen. You know, at that time it was a world. You know, it was a record. You know, I think it was four or five million, and they knew within two or three training sessions and they just sold him immediately and you know it's <laughs> do you keep with them do you if, if you've knowingly made a mistake I've been in situations where a, a recruitment manager has brought the players and I've known right away that, that they weren't for me weren't for you or wasn't for us mm-hmm. so you, you've got a you've got a situation there where you've accepted that that's the the, the process and and that's the the, the the way the clubs run or so you're no point in getting frustrated about it or do you then say, right, if I can't pick the players, then I don't want to be here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something about Higginbottom. I think he was a wee bit unfairly treated at Leeds as well when he did a gig there and one or two things. So just give him a wee bit of time. Could settle down. You know, I think Scott Allen can, you know, can open things up for him if he gets on his game, gets fit, gets playing every week and dominant in the middle of the park. It's top, top notch for me, Scott Allen. Cam Berry needs to do a wee bit more for his manager as well. 
Um, Portis needs to come back in, get fit. Yeah, he's, you a, know, he's, a, he's a lad though that needs to learn because he said he's marching orders a few times and he's just come back now, mm-hmm. and then here he is, he's missing a couple of games again because he's, he's been, you know, but a bit rash. He's got, he's got decent players. <coughs> no, he has. I think he's got decent players, and I think I think they'll get better. I think they'll get better. Celtic fans have they got to appreciate that these invincible seasons come round once in a lifetime, and Celtic are going to drop points. Rangers are going to drop points. <clears throat> it's who you drop them against and when you drop them I suppose it's the important thing mm-hmm. right, well I, I think you're right you know the, the treble treble has been and gone now they obviously want to get to 10 they've got still got to do 9 they're, they've got to get to 10 Rangers will make it very very difficult there's no doubt about it uh, you know and, and the gap was bridged on Saturday by you know there was a, a certain uh, buzz on Saturday Prior to well, you're back. Game. You're back to a situation where Rangers are a point behind and a goal behind on yeah. goal difference. Well, so did, you know it's it's tight now. Yeah, but it's going to go the way. Rangers and Celtic are going to just catapult themselves away for the rest of the pack. There's no doubt about that. How much pressure does it put on each each manager, Youngie, the fact that there is back now down to one point and one goal between them? Well, I think you kind of touched on uh, what happened the last time the two of them were really at their game, maybe five six years ago. I always remember one team would, would play the, the early game or maybe even the day before, and that brings pressure. Because mm. if you're up first and you get a result, great, you can relax, then the pressure's on the, the second team. If you've dropped a point or a couple of points as it was on Saturday, then I think that gave Rangers a massive lift on Saturday. Um, I, I didn't see the Hibs game, obviously, um, but just going with the highlights. But you know yourself, Shug, Gerard's team talk must have been a lot easier, mm. you know, at half past one. Uh, following that result. Well, again, according to reports, the players were totally unaware of what was going on at Easter Road. And if you can believe that, you can believe no. anything. There's absolutely no chance because uh, the guys are on, probably on social media late on their phones. They'll know exactly what's happening. But definitely on Saturday, you could feel it that the result at Easter Road had certainly gave Rangers. I don't think they needed. Uh, you know that to happen anyway. You know, to, you know, to fancy themselves to beat Aberdeen, but I tell you, it didn't do any harm at all. Didn't do any harm. Okay, let me just quickly go to a tweet that's come in from uh, Gentleman Jack Clancy's an awful referee. His reading of the game is shocking, and he doesn't communicate with players. Celtic could or should have had two penalties, but Cham has to go. Why does he get the same punishment as a Hibs player who's committed no offence? Hibs player could feel we sell a wee bit unjust with that. Aye, that that was. He know, wasn't happy about it. It was not happy at all. No, he wasn't. Um, and then, obviously, the tweet that's come in is kind of just echoed kind of what I'd said earlier on. Okie dokie. Let's uh, come back uh, after a break and we'll talk about Rangers against Aberdeen. Hugh was at that one. He'll talk us through it. Let's hear it for the girls. Looks at every issue affecting Scottish women in Scottish sport. From the participation to the administration. Maureen McGonagall leaves no stone unturned on all the issues affecting women's sport in Scotland. Focusing on sport from a woman's perspective, let's hear it for the girls salutes the stars of tomorrow and the legends of today. Catch Maureen every Tuesday evening at 8pm Only on Rock Sport Radio Love music, live sport Do you hear that? That's your family coming round to your new house for Sunday lunch Your son opening the door of his first home Visitors arriving at your guest house Friends coming over to watch the football Scottish Building Society offer a range of mortgages So we can turn this into this Love 
the Scottish Building Society. We've been helping people open doors since 1848. Call us today on 0345 600 4085. Scottish Building Society is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. They've had your money long enough. Now's the time to act. If a bank like Lloyd's or the Halifax persuaded you to move your savings and you lost out, don't miss this opportunity to get your money back. Text GOOD to 6677 and Goodwin Barrett could help you recover monies you thought had gone for good. Don't miss out. Text GOOD to 6677 now. You don't need a claims management company to make a complaint and if unsuccessful you can refer it free to the financial ombudsman. It's easy to put things off. I'll sort it tomorrow. It'll wait. Well, turns out if you're a man with prostate disease, the sooner you spot it, the better it can often be treated. So if your dad or brother have had prostate cancer or you're having trouble with your waterworks, do something about it. See your GP or visit prostatescotland.org.uk for more information. Prostate Scotland. Pull your finger out. Love music. Live sport. Talking football. With Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Gordon Young on Rock Sport Radio. OK, let's go to Ibrooks now on Saturday. Rangers at home. Rangers 5, Aberdeen 0. Mr Burns, you were there. Yeah. Uh, was it as impressive overall as the score would suggest? Well, you know, I think a lot of people come away from Ibrooks, guys, on Saturday. Um, seeing Rangers playing at high tempo, starting the front foot, pinned Aberdeen back. At no time did Aberdeen have any serious chances in the game whatsoever. Um, it was all about what Rangers did on Saturday. Uh, I know Aberdeen are certainly short of quality and short of players, but um, Rangers were, were, were top draw. I've got to say that, that you know the, the, the loss of the likes of boy Shinney, um, thing was out as well with the big boy at the back. Considine was out. They played a young right back at centre back. They were an absolute shambles, Aberdeen. Rangers, you know, um, were on song, no doubt about it. You can only beat who's in front of you, but uh, they were slick. Um, Rangers were on the ball. Morelos, for me, I've seen a lot of Morelos, and on Saturday, he just seemed to drift into positions that probably weren't the planned. He was coming deep, he was getting the ball, he was making things happen, he was showing pace, he was getting on the end of things, um, and, and, and right through the team, solid. Tavernier, distribution could be a wee bit better, can he fault him for his pens? Uh, Big Edmondson come on, assisted earlier on. He looks a cracking player. I think when he gets in, it'll be hard to shift. Katic come in on the back of Hollander's performance at, at Tony Macaroni. Golson was decent. Um, and for me, Steve Davis was the general one there. The Steve Davis of old, getting it, passing it, keeping it. You know, just pulling strings, looked apart. Manager, every time Davis done something right, you know, Gerard even at the side of the park was applauding him how well he was playing. Steve Davis has, has got his fitness back the way he was with prior before he went back down the road. But um, to get the goals they got, uh, to bridge the gap, points and goals, sent the Bears absolutely home and absolutely delirious on Saturday. There was a great feeling about the place and uh, um, really, to be honest with you, it can only get better for Rangers because he's got such a big squad. And uh, Greg Stewart came in as well, looked apart, got his goals, a tap in, good header for Arfield, great touch by Big Lewis, got it on at the post. But he he won a penalty as well. Sorry, Greg Stewart. Won yeah, he got the, the pen well. at the back post. It was cheap, and and you know, it, it, you know, he got the pen. And I heard the day get 
good plaudits off the manager as well. So there wasn't a passenger in the Rangers team. There was ten passengers in front of Joe Lewis on Saturday. And cause for concern for the Aberdeen manager and Tony Doherty. He looked lost in Saturday, did McInnes, with all those players that I've suddenly know there, the Adam Rooney's, the Gary Mackay Stevens, the Shinnies, the boy Max Lofi, Dundee, Ash Taylor's out, Considine's out, a lot of players for Aberdeen to lose, and probably more that I can't think of, that, that, that have left, come and gone. Big Ferguson hardly touched the ball, uh, Cosgrove hardly touched the ball, uh, Shea Logan, he went hiding, as he can do in, in circumstances like that. They, they have... Serious problems, Aberdeen. Youngie, 27 shots for Rangers, 4 for Aberdeen, 11 on target for Rangers, 1 for Aberdeen, 58% possession for Rangers, 42% Aberdeen. Um, I know that statistics and then there's damn statistics and damn lies, um, but I don't think from what I saw on Saturday that they aren't a true reflection of what the game was like uh, I like Rangers' movement I thought when they move and they run at people rather than this silly stuff building from the back is when you see Rangers at their best I don't think they're, they're good at that stuff I think when they run and they move I think that's when they cause teams problems Well I think when you see where the, the majority of the players they seem to have a lot of wide players um, and I, I only watched the highlights but I thought the goals were were, were not easy or cheap, but they're just that wee bit of... It looked total... Rangers were totally dominant. And back to what we said earlier, when you're playing the old firm, what's your game plan? Is it Have they got the players to maybe play at a high intensity and, and, and press uh, high up the pitch? Maybe not. So I know they're, they're struggling defensively just now with, with some players missing, but do you go to Ibrox and try and sit with a low block and try and frustrate them um, maybe that was their, their game plan shug yeah um, and but they, they, they were not positive for the first minute you know there was no they, they sat in uh, but, but you know Aberdeen fans have been questioning this all season with Aberdeen well they have in terms of where they're sitting in and trying to pinch games yeah well there you are I'm looking at the paper and again it's good to go big big uh, Gary Rilsom is here on Saturday young in all fours for Aberdeen, seven for the, the, the goalie, which I told you, there was no fault at all. Um, uh, it was just all about what Rangers were doing. Manny match, Alfredo Morelos, so must have been doing my job okay on Saturday, but, you know, Gary's headlines is get out of jail fee. Uh, Al Cybrook's rehab could see club win silver in the field and gold in transfer market. Transformation's incredible in Morelos. Who would have thought it? Five sending offs last year. Putting everybody in tender hooks, even his own players. You know, are we going to finish with ten? Mm -hmm. Are we going to struggle? You know, he's doing incredibly well. But he must be learning a lot day in, day out with Defoe. Uh, with Defoe. Defoe must be like a masterclass at training for that boy. Yeah. Because he's raw, Good he's point. young, he's strong. He, he, he sometimes makes the wrong decision because he slashes at shots, but he scores goals. He's an absolute thorn in, in uh, anybody's flesh when they're playing against him. Yeah. Uh, Neil Lennon said that last year. You know he's a major threat uh, when when we play against him because he's physique. But if you then learn at 21 off somebody like um, Jermaine Defoe, it must be absolutely fantastic. You can't help but but improve you if you've got that mindset that you want to improve. Pick up things. What a guy to learn from. I think I think the proof in the pudding is going to be both have got the semi-finals, which you would think. Rangers strong enough to get through Celtic, strong enough to get through, you've got a Betfred final. But I think, am I right in saying Rangers go to Parkhead before the final if they do get to the final? If they don't, anyway, you think, can't remember. You think about the fixture that's coming up, Rangers will continue to pick up points, and probably Celtic will as well. And, and the acid test for Alf is going to go to Parkhead 
be the lone striker and do what you're doing now because before he's let to sell down there, youngie, that is going to be the acid test because they'll have the old mm-hmm. fishing rod out, doing exactly the same as he done, and then we'll see the real Alfredo Morelos and whether the, the, the difference in the player is, is can he do that at Celtic Park? Because so it's it, going to be a, a massive game. Was there a lack of trust then? No starting him at Ibrox? If you don't start him at home, mm-hmm. can you go to... I don't know that it was. I don't know that it was. I I think it was tactical, and I think he's admitted pretty much himself. Yeah, it was. He he, He was asked a question. I was yeah, and and it was a question of I just wanted some fresh legs on there. But I said to you three, four weeks ago, didn't I? We were talking, you, me, and Heggs, and I said then, youngie. I'll bet you at some point Stephen Gerrard said, "Look, I've been banging my head against a brick wall with this boy, to Jermaine Defoe. I need you." to start taking him under your wing. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you how you know that he has, because you never see this from Alfredo Morelos. The the other week when Defoe came on and Morelos had come off, Defoe came on, and again, like the other day, he was on minutes, Mm -hmm. scored the goal, and it shoots into the dugout, and Morelos is all grins and beams clapping. Mm -hmm. And you know that there's something between them, because when Morelos scored the other week, when Defoe was warming up at the side of the park... Straight over he went to default. But if, you, if, if you're yeah. in that position and, and you've come into a strange country and what have you, and settling in the family and what have you, and you're getting sent off, and you know you, the manager is still learning as well, still learning and how to get across and how to get in about him, and then somebody signs like Jermaine Defoe, who Alfredo would have known all about of course Jermaine he Defoe, would. right? Regardless, he was in <clears> South <throat> America. Jermaine Defoe is a world-renowned name in, in football, and and suddenly. We've been there when when experienced pros take a shining to you, Bill. I don't, I'm not saying you don't listen to the manager, but when somebody, Coop used to get a hold of me all the time. I travelled with Coop, picked him up. Coop didn't pass his test, he was 28, went to Murrow, and, and I used to pick Coop up in the morning. The chats I used to have with Coop getting in the car, just be silly stuff, but you would pick up things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the same applies what's happening right now, and, and that's why um, Alfredo. Uh, we'll be going to the foe. And there'll be things, you know, I don't even think it's a guessing game what we're doing here. I think we know this is known fact. What is happening is that there's a bond between these boys. They're strikers who want to score goals. There's the two now strikers who'll be trying to get beat one another. I know the foe's is the top scorer right now and he's on the best. Fantastic yeah. little finish with him on Saturday mm. as well. Oh, so you, they'll be having experienced personified. The two finishes uh, last week as well. Oh, magnificent! When it comes on, it's it's just composure. See, he was in a car crash on Saturday on the way home as well. So yeah, yeah, he was, was all right though. He was right. stood by the side of the road right. talking to people. Well, uh, didn't need that. But um, over the piece, Derek McInnes under pressure. Most in new stadium, you would think the budget is going to be even more tight. There's pressure on Derek McInnes. I told you, I texted Big Craig before the game on Saturday who has been to all the European games at the start of the season and he's in Irvine and I thought he'd have been in with, it, with Aberdeen fans. You hear no? He says, we're really struggling at the moment. I can't shout out of the airways, but he told me how he described his team right now, uh, but it wasn't nice. And uh, Big Craig knows his stuff. He says, I'm very, very poor. With players out, players no happy, manager... Aberdeen always come to uh, Ibrox, lift it, Bill, and, 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 and give us a game. We have got better, no doubt about it. Vast improvement. Uh, and this time last season, our fate, the manager took over. But Aberdeen have absolutely 
uh, hit Skid Row. They're, they're really, really Rangers strong. needed that window in that way, though, Youngie, because they've ground out a couple of results recently and people were starting to question them all over again. So as much as Aberdeen were bad, I don't think Rangers allowed them to be anything other than that in a lot of ways but Rangers did need that result and you said on Friday somebody's going to get a tonk well I gave you 4-0 didn't at some I? point I gave them 4-0 yeah, but I think reiterating what you said earlier the, draw, uh, the result at Easter Road I think had a major yeah. effect on the, it's just human nature you've just got another oh. 10 you've got more oxygen mm-hmm. you're, and then Aberdeen you know being a wee bit light in, in terms of availability with some players and you're catching that just because of the circumstances in, in Saturday, where if, if Celtic have been won convincingly and Aberdeen, you know, get the wee bit of oxygen mm-hmm. left, Rangers can kind of, oh well, mm-hmm. even if we win the day, we're still behind. But they yes. just saw that. We we score early, we win, and, and we, we're on the front foot. Yeah, because when, when Celtic have turned us over at Ibrox, we felt as if we had a real uphill challenge to get back close to them again. Because we weren't expecting Celtic to kick on and no drop points away from them, even at Hibs. Because that's what it's important that you've got to keep winning games. And, and Murdo used to sit here on a Monday night and say, you know, Rangers have got to win every game. Rangers have got to win every game because Celtic, albeit, you know, dropping points, the odd game, I still think that, you know, uh, people will probably still expect Rangers to drop points more than Celtic because you don't win treble trebles by having bad footballers mm-hmm. and they know how to win as you say they know how to win Celtic the Rangers players still need to win something Bill the manager needs to win something the players want to win it and the players have got to win the experience of winning I think is crucial of course it, it gives you a mentality and it gives you it gives you a confidence that you know how to do it yeah well uh, you know th- there was that uh, atmosphere going about on, on Saturday it was a different atmosphere because yeah they're getting a buzz off the result they're going on to the park with that wee spark that wee front foot early doors pinned them back kept them in their half Aberdeen were just they left Big Cosgrove up front and he was doing shuttles he must have been shattered on Saturday night he was not in the game whatsoever all he done was run never touched the ball uh, but kept running and running and running to his credit but Aberdeen, honestly, um, I think, I'm not disrespecting Rangers, but I think we could have got a, a team out of Rocksport. And even you playing at centre-half, big man, might have looked no bad against Aberdeen, to be honest with you. No, you've gone too far there. <laughs> you've gone far too far there. <laughs> Youngie, let me ask you a question, though. As the season progresses, and if it's as tight as it is just now, how do Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard keep their squads happy? Because as the pressure builds and the season progresses, they'll be less likely, you would think, or reluctant to uh, rotate at the same level as they are now because they'll be wanting their, their best 11 out there week in, week out, if there's a goal and a point between them. Well, that's where the, the, the European competition will either bring problems um, or it will bring joy. Because, you know, if you're in a squad, I can, I can even uh, translate it to our level. We're winning just now. So if I'm not in the team, and we've got some players, unfortunately, that can't get in just now, and they haven't got a leg to stand on, you, you feel sorry for them, um, but it's just the way it is. If you keep playing and you keep winning, it's difficult. If you're in front of me, Shug, and I can't get in, I can't get in, all I need to do is work harder at training and just hope that maybe there's a chance. Like Greg Stewart coming in, he was out of the picture. Well, that's exactly what the interview said today. I was, I was out walking and I heard the Greg Stewart interview. And he says, he was very good, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was very good. He said, I'm so, been so disappointed that I've not been in some squads. He says, but I'm at a club that Rangers were a massive squad. He says, and, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a wee fish in a big pool here. He says, and I've got 
just to be patient. I know I've got ability. And at the end of the day, if the manager asks me to play centre half or play centre half, I just want to be in the team. But um, I think that um, again, players players don't seem to be ever as unhappy nowadays. Young as well, you know, when we mean. played and we spit the dummy and yeah. no get a game and. The, the press would buy into it and before you know it you were on the transfer market and you'd fell out with the manager. Doesn't seem to happen now, Bill. Managers have got this knack of keeping everybody happy. A lot to do with financially as well, I've got to say. You mm. know, because when we didn't play, we didn't earn. Mm-hmm. And, and guys now are earning big dough uh, and, and sometimes not even in the squad, sitting in the stands, still getting their dough, knowing the money's going into the bank. And, and that's a big, big thing and a lot of pressure off players. So for that point of view, they're not worrying about that. We worried about it because we weren't in the team, we weren't getting a win bonus when they get appearance money. So what affected is not affected were mood. Now, players are completely wrapped up in cotton wool. Great, great time to be a player, no doubt about it. I think that's how he gets as much and they get away with squad rotation. What about Derek McInnes looking ahead to things pressure. now? Because Not we pressure. spoke about it and uh, we, we were kind of saying, uh, you know, it's his, his biggest ever loss since he's been there. But we were saying, where can he go with Aberdeen? What kind of test can he set himself with Aberdeen realistically? He's been there a while well, now. Well, there's been jobs available, notably the Rangers job. Well documented. He was offered the job. He came down the road, he turned halfway, went back up the road. We don't know the ins and outs yet. You know, you've, you've got a big pair knocking back Rangers at the best. Because that'll knock him round again. Um, and, and the way it's turning out right now, players have, have, have come and gone. They've not got any better. We're getting a lot of, we've got a lot of kids coming through as well. There's, there's nothing sticking out there, I don't think. So, you know, there's massive pressure. You know, and already I think some of the fans are turning. They're not happy about the condition of his team. And that's that. He's there to, to put them on the park to win football matches. And, and I'm sorry, but they just don't look as though they've got that. They've not got all these quality players, maybe four, five, six players out injured. That, you look at it, there's, there's, there's no, that's no, that depth of squad isn't there. And he's a manager. He'll be getting looked after there as well. And I think he's a type that, to an extent, he is bomb-proof with, with Stuart Mill. I think there's a, a, a real connection between the chairman and the manager. But uh, again, we all know what the league up there, but the, you know, they're no shy. And we've heard Higgs saying that as well. He's been part of the coaching staff there at Aberdeen. And they get pelters for the Aberdeen fans being it so close. The new stadium's there. So I think a lot of effort and funds, thoughts will all be getting into that. And again, you know, the biggest problem then, I know, if you're struggling, who can you attract? Who's wanting to go there? Who's want to go and play? The, the attraction might be the new stadium, but the attraction to go and play for Aberdeen, that, that, that stock is dropping week by week. Youngie? Well, I've been up there uh, a lot more now and, and seeing the the, the, de- you know, the dynamics of how the, the city works. I, I can imagine, and we're trying to kind of link with Aberdeen, we'll get a, a one player in loan just now, we'll look at the next window. Um, we've got people that have worked for both clubs, um, that are in our organisation whether it be on-field or off-field. And it is, you know, a, a city that's quite tight-knit. They're quite protective. It's a difficult season, I think, for Derek McInnes because of the move to the new facilities. So I, I can only imagine there'd be conversations with, with the, the chairman and, and that realism is saying, right, we haven't got the kitty just now, but we need, there's a certain standard. We need to be in the top three. We need to be minimum, you know, top four and getting to finals the, <coughs> the way they were doing. So th- there might be a compromise between the, the you know the management and the board to say right, let's just suck hard just now, um, till we get this transition to the new stadium and then you know there'll be a reinjection of funds. But mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of money uh, tied up in that. But everything else, 
people forget quickly. Is, it, is any manager, when, the, when the, the fans start turning on the manager and then if nothing's done, they turn on the board, is any manager bomb-proof? No. No, they're not. No, no, there's no doubt about it. Listen, they're already talking now about Pochettino moving to a new stadium. They'll get the money off Daniel Levy that, that the fans were promised to an extent of Iowa moving, but will still invest. And there, there seems to be pressure on him down there as well at Tottenham. OK, they come back and win with 10 minutes, aren't they? But I think there's always a bit of unrest when the club moves. We, and it doesn't happen that often. But see, when it does seem to happen, there seems to be a bit of unrest within the club. And, and, and you know, well, and do you know what the great example is Arsenal? Well, Arsenal there you are. At the top of the pile. That's right. And Wenger, really, really well regarded. And he must have had that agreement. And he had to sell it over Mars. And um, uh, who was the other uh, striker at the time? Bergkamp, no. Uh, now, um, uh, the load of players, obviously, that they had to get rid of. And he couldn't sign the players he wanted, or, or he, he did for the, the couple of seasons before. But you see, that'll be a knock-on. That'll be a knock-on effect again with Arsenal being in North London with Spurs, mm-hmm. because Daniel Levy will have seen the Emirates getting built, and he'll seen it getting paid off three or four years earlier than it should have been, mm-hmm. and he'll be thinking, you know, if we could do that and we get back in business with this stadium, the amount of money that's coming in. And sometimes, you know, the economics, the business side of the game yeah, comes you, in. Well, you're right. 100%. You, just, you just wonder how these owners, as in, you know, um, you know, like people like Daniel Levy, how much he wants to get his hand on silverware compared to balancing the books, paying the debt off and have a bit of stability at the club. You know, I think then the cup wins and what have you are a bonus. But hey, it's doing them any harm or any, any favours when they're going losing at like Colchester on Tuesday night Carling Cup. And again, you know, that's that as well. Pressure on pressure on every manager. You hear, hear Pochettino, Shog, his comments are really good. Maybe it was a bit tongue-in-cheek and they said, uh, you know, you're getting criticism. And he said, now he speaks a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> he says, which I, I knew he could speak English all the time, but he, he used that interpreter to buy some time. Mm. For, for, it was very clever mm-hmm. but he came out and says well hold on a minute for six years with no criticism mm-hmm. so there's <laughs> it's a good point that, I, I, and I mean here's, here's the thing just, just it's going the same back. with McInnes he's not much criticism well, is he? well I'll kind of you're right we'll marry that up in a wee minute but here's the thing you know you going back to the Arsenal situation you know Arsenal can still charge the most for tickets in the Premier League and they still get a full house every home game and yet, you know, when you look at the record in terms of recent silverware, sure. it's not great, but it's a good business and it makes a profit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Going back to that, but you were right about McInnes, going back to the McInnes thing again, does it help him or ho- uh, hinder him that he's in Aberdeen where they are the only team in a big city and it's a wee bit isolationist? Totally. Totally. I, I think he's, it, it, it'd be a great gig when things are going well, but it's one of those... When when you're going through that wee period of uh, transition, there's only one place to look. That's right, and, and you're two hours for the west of Scotland, um, so everything has become a bit more focused. And they've still got their daily newspapers up there. They've got their daily uh, phone ins, so it, it is intense up there. And he'll want to get it right. He's he's been here what six seven years. Mm-hmm. So what, what's like you're saying? Everybody needs challenges in their life. So he might be thinking, I can't wait to get to this. Certainly, new train. I know where they train just now, and where they trained historically and they'll be buzzing to get to that new facility. Mm-hmm. That, that'll energise you. And then when the new stadium comes along, that's another wee bit that maybe keeps you keeps you on your toes. And, and if they've got a plan, um, which you can only surmise they have, there could be a good agreement and a healthy agreement uh, internally that where they're going. 
So I think it'll be interesting as well. Young, you know, if the rest of Scotland, male, you know, the the, the the reporters and what have you in the papers start getting on his back a wee bit because he's he's never had that because he's always just been on the fringes of winning stuff, isn't he? Now it, it looks as though Aberdeen, you know, are going to struggle, you know, and because if there's no any injection of cash come the window in January, which I think they're not going to be, um, that'll be interesting to see how he deals with it, Derek McInnes. It'll be very interesting because he, he's no shy, he's no shrinking violent. I've seen him in press rooms. Mm-hmm. He comes in and he's very, very opinionated. So be it, that's the way he is, quite a strong wee character. But this will be a test for him. I think this is his biggest test, being in this job right now. Everything seems to have just been okay, or better than okay over the last few years. But now the pressure is on. Can he bring in players to get them playing, winning football matches, take a bit of pressure off him? Steven Gerrard, Rangers still in Europe. They've done extremely well in two seasons. The the only team in Britain to go through all four qualifying rounds, two seasons in a trot in the Europa League. Um, they're still there now. They've got off to a decent start. How is he going to look at the Europa League moving forward now that things are as tight as they are league-wise and he'll want to keep Celtic in his sights and maybe overhaul them? a wee bit further down the road. Not, He, he might be happy to kind of sit there mm. at the minute, but you know what it's like. You want to get in front so that people are chasing you rather than you chasing them. Mm. But with one goal and one point and still in Europe, I mean, how difficult does that make life for him or how easy does it make life for him? I think, they could, I think it'll go all the way, Youngie. I think, I think there'll be points dropped by both teams. They're not going to be undefeated, obviously. You can't be in a point one from now until May, and I think it'll go right to the wire. And, you know, there's no reason that, that again, regarding the Europa League, they both could get quite a good run in that as well. Both have had a good start, great win for, for uh, Celtic. Drew and Rennes, didn't they? They drew and Rennes, mm-hmm. and, then, and then won the next game, didn't they? They won a second game. Or is this a second game? This is a second game. Yeah, we close. You know, I think they'll beat Clues, we said earlier on. Rangers are a brilliant start. So, very much, um, you know, tit for tat now. And that's, I think that's the way it is, Bill. I think that's the way it's going to be from now to the end of the season. Good squads, winning games, domestically, you know, just steamrolling teams. I think that's the way it's going to be here. And then the big games, the big battles are obviously going to be the old firm games. That's going to be the acid test, there's no doubt about that. I think the European competition is revenue driven. That's um, uh, The Rangers need to get through the group because the, the that extra income I think could be the difference in maybe more money to spend in January. Mm-hmm. Well, you could be right because I think on the back of them qualifying was 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 the the catalyst for the Ryan Kent money? Yes, you know that way where the, the money was. We don't know how it's been paid to Liverpool, but I'll tell you one thing, Bill. And, and again, it's only my opinion, but again, what you're hearing is if Rangers hadn't qualified, then there'd have been no Kent. No, I heard that, and you uh, know, and, and that was, and I don't think it's coincidental. And, and we have a, a guy called Kieran Maguire on, who's a money expert at the University of Liverpool, comes on, mm-hmm. uh, and Kieran knows this stuff inside out. I mean, he's the guy that got pelt us with us one night, who said Rangers only need to win the league and get through the qualifiers of the Champions League mm-hmm. and the financial deficit between yeah. Rangers and Celtic goes. Yeah. Uh, and he got hammered for it. But he knows these things inside out. It's yeah. what he does. It's what he lectures on. Uh, and he's really a great guy, Kieran. Uh, and he said that. He said the, the word was in Liverpool, and he's at the University of Liverpool, he said the word was in, in Liverpool that Ryan Kent was always going to Rangers if Rangers got to the group stages yeah. of the Europa League. Yeah. Well, if they young, didn't, young, it yeah. wasn't happening. Yeah. So, I think it's so important also for the 
see the exposure to the top players. If Morelos will get sold at some point, but if he's scoring in Europe, that puts the extra three, four, five million on it. Mm -hmm. If you're scoring yeah. against Livingston yeah. and St. Martin, that's Livingston and St. Martin. If mm -hmm. you're scoring against Celtic and you're scoring in Europe, it's the same with the, the Celtic boys. If they, if Jam's looking to move on or Edward, they're looking to, you know, they, Celtic have done really well the last couple of years. Uh, and if they're doing well in the European games, that's what puts the the, the kudos Price on. up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's totally. no reason why that the way uh, Morelos is playing right now, he must be absolutely buzzing, even waiting. You know, Rangers go to uh, Switzerland on Thursday, and uh, obviously Celtic, Celtic home Thursday, close yeah. at yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you're looking at you know, it could be it could be a double whammy for the for the Scottish boys, and, and they could win. Both could win in terms All right, guys, let's move on. Uh, St Mirren nil, Hearts nil. Jim Goodwin saying that they've got the second best defensive record in the, the league, uh, just after the old firm. <laughs> they can't score goals, and that was self-evident. Yeah. Three goals in seven games. Yeah, I, I, again, you know, papers are a lot to go by. Jambos are going from bad to curse. Smith can't explain Jambos' injury woes as Halkett joins Lister Crocs, and it's probably the last thing that Craig Levine could, you know, was needing because Halkett has been an exceptional signing for Livingston in the summer and doing very, very well. Um, you know your luck's out when, you, you know, Tony Andrew got a great finish to... You know, bottom left hand, right hand corner, and then he run away, and the referee and the been standing with his flag up. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, you know, Jim Jim Goodwin for me is good. He's good form because he just looks as though he's got the world on his shoulders right now. But he's always as positive as he can be, youngie. He's not a doom and gloomer. I don't think Jim. He's a, a good friend of the show. He comes on, speaks to Bowen as regular, and you just got an honest Jim Goodwin. He'll be frustrated that they're, they're not picking up more points, but. Again, a point for St Martin. I think we had said they're in a better place now than this time last year. Uh, far better off, even though that you know I think they only got a point against Celtic last year under own Kearney. Now I think they're on six points. Am I right in saying you know you know and, and they're, they're better five better off I think than than where they were last year. So there is a, a vast improvement in St Martin. I think anyway. Um, he brought Broadfoot back in and again you know looking at the Hearts Glenn Whelan again top marks their way and Michael Smith at eight. so Hearts are slowly but surely picking things up as well that's another game undefeated um, it's no easy to go there but what an absolute blow it is for, for Halkut again we had said before we come on we thought he might have been in Stevie Clark's thoughts and out with the uh, with, with the cushiate ligament you could be looking at you know you could be looking at it for the rest of the season mm -hmm. you know we're fast approaching now at October November, December, January, February, March. Anyway, the season's finished eight weeks later, so I, I, I do feel sorry for the boys. He's made a great move, and he must be absolutely gutted. But it's another um, point for, for for Craig Levine. A wee bit of breathing space. Don't know how the fixtures go next weekend when we look at them. But again, with both managers attain a point before the game, I'm I, I'm 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 convinced. They, yeah, they would have got Kelly. Hearts play Kelly. Yeah. That's right. So they do. Uh, I, I'm convinced, Bill, that, um, that both managers would, would have mm, quietly took a wee point on Saturday. You think that Craig Levine, on the back of the two results that he's had against Aberdeen and Hibs, would have been happy with a point at St Mirren? I think if you go back 10 days and there was a bold statement came out from Ann Budge and Craig Levine saying, look, we've got a plan here. And it's, it's actually worked out. Winning the, the derby, then getting through the semi-finals, coming back, against that, uh, Aberdeen and then whether it's a point it's three games that saw a massive shift in mm -hmm. their performances and their, their outcome and that's all you can manage if you're, if you're looking any further than that um, that could have went the opposite way we Hibs 
when they were winning 1-0 Flatland closed out at 1-0 and they don't get through um, against Aberdeen in the semi-final you'll be looking at a totally different picture but in 10 days there's been a stabilisation at Tynecastle and I think everybody's breathing a wee bit easier mm-hmm. I say about St Martin I think it's an unbelievable job that Jim Goodwin's done when you think when he came in here the disarray in that club nobody known that we're coming to pre-season there was no, nobody to take the training he said to them to come in with a limited period of time get some players in and I think his no knowing him at all but looking at the results I think he's looking at no losing first before he's looking at winning games yeah. I, I know this will sound daft guys but I, I, I hope and I think you'll know what I mean my big problem with them not scoring goals is because they're trying to force things rather than letting goals happen there were three or four efforts which were, were decent opportunities because they had layoffs to people and the striker or the player took it on himself mm-hmm. and was pretty wild on occasions and I think they just need to kind of instead of saying we've got to get a goal we've got to get a goal they've just got to see that extra pass maybe in the man that, that is able to put the ball in the back of the net yeah, but, and yeah. I just thought it was a wee bit frenetic in the final third from St Mirren but you always look to better yourself you always look to get better year in year out season in season out and St Mirren are getting better there is no doubt about that it's going to be a slow burn for Jim we think thought maybe Jim could have been in that job a wee bit earlier mm-hmm. and they might not be in the mess they're in I think they're better youngie the league doesn't lie they'll pick up points it's going to be a dog fight down there with them, themselves Hamilton St Johnston you know that's the three for me that are, that are going to be no that far away I mean let's not let's not forget that their job here isn't to win the league it's to stay in the it's league stay in the league Bill that's, that's the remat I but think that was two things Shug if you're not scoring goals you're not winning games yeah. but if you're not conceding you're not losing you're games you're not losing games yeah and morale and comes up it gets a wee bit better yeah, you know, they're not getting doing every week as correct. they were we own Kearney with Stubbs before it you know it just was not right the, the feeling of the place just wasn't right and you know Gus has been in Tony Fitzpatrick's here good football guys you know how it works and Jim Goodwin's a good football guy and, and I think he's he's the man for the job he's the man for a bit of stability at that club to get him right I think he's the type of guy you go and play for as well I've got to say comes on and speaks great on here don't know him that well, but I tell you something, you know, you, you know that you're, you're talking to a football yeah, guy when he comes yeah. on. He's not just, I no, no. He'll tell you, and he'll dig deep, tell you why he's done it, what his thoughts are, and, and where he wants to take uh, St Mum. Sorry, young Sorry, Bill, they go to Fair Park next week. Now, I think Muller, you, you, he'll not be able to go to Fair Park and be expansive, because mm-hmm. if he opens up, Muller's got pace in their team, yeah. and if, if they go up there, I think Muller will I'll, I'll, I'll win handsomely. Mm-hmm. So, does he... Does he keep the same game plan? Does he, does he got a target? You, you know, I, I don't know how some of the coaches work. I, I can only speak from my experience. You maybe set yourself a wee target in the next six games and going to third part and you get a point in third part will be a big, big result on the back of uh, Hearts, whatever you play Hearts, given a St Mern. So it'd be interesting, uh, have you got that gung-ho mentality to think we could maybe take Motherwell on? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think if you open up Motherwell, I'll... I'll I'll beat them. Yeah, look at that. I mean, the good, sorry, the good thing, the good thing moving forward to that game against Motherwell is that the one thing that they are good at is defending. Yeah, yeah, they're sitting, and I'm looking at uh, the St. Man thing as well. And, he, and he's brought in Big Broadfoot and left out um, the big boy McKenzie, mm-hmm. big Gary McKenzie, um, who's been kind of in and out the team. But Broadfoot will bring a bit of stability in there. Paul McGinn's a good right back, played played a good, you know, Kyle McGuinness, who, who's good for a goal. Um, Ryan Flynn, who I've seen a couple of times doing there, good player. Tony Andrew, you know, he's get uh, to me, you know, there, there's there's better players in that team. 
There's better players than there have been, which you would think is going to get results. But looking at Hearts, and we're talking about the wee uh, Machino, the wee Japanese boy that have got up from Man City. Um, they've, all get, they've all get good ratings, Hearts, in Saturday. So Penalty? Did, was he due a penalty? Mm. I don't think so. I think he's doing installments. Aye. Yeah, I, I agree think, with I you. He's a wee bit slow, didn't he? Aye. I think he kind of initiated contact and yes. kind of fell over him. Aye. Yeah. I think he'd run out of ideas. Yeah, he did. And uh, he, he's been he's been good for them. Um, and, and there's no doubt that over the piece, a week's a long time, sometimes is a, a drawback in football. But this particular time, you beat the Hibs, um, you get a result midweek in the Cup. And uh, who'd they beat in the cup again? Who was it? Aberdeen. Aberdeen, of course. Pens. And uh, and you go through and you're again back through the MA undefeated with Kilmarnock at home. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we're having a wee look at the fancy. Here's something to think about Hearts. that we're talking about. Youngie, you highlighted it. St Mirren have played four league home games, including Hearts, Aberdeen, and Rangers. And the only goal conceded was the Barisic free kick. So so no no goals conceded in open play? No. No. And, and you. Again, I always look at coaches. Uh, Jim was a defensive midfield player, so he'll take a lot of pride in, in teams. No, you know that his team <laughs> not getting beat. Yeah. So and there's a bit of experience in the team, whereas I, I just see one or two others been a bit more expan- expansive. You're you're looking at next week Aberdeen at home to Hibs. Mm-hmm. Now you're just slaughtered the two teams mm-hmm. for their inefficiency just now. Mm-hmm. What happens in that game? Well, I don't know what it's, what he'll do between now and next weekend, but. Um, St Mern going to, going to Motherwell I've seen Murrow a couple of times lately and they have been very good and quick with and bombing on so St Mern really have got to be wary in Saturday they could go with a let's sit in plan let's get a point and as Young said has he got a plan is he want to get to maybe I don't know 15 points by Christmas or something well something as like we've that. said before it's the St Johnstons the Livingstons the Hamiltons and the teams round about them that, that St Mirren have got to go for the three points of course. the other teams if they can take a point off them it's like a win for so them do you think yeah. Jim Goodwin would have been happy with a point Saturday? Uh, yeah, I think he would have. Youngie, I think yes. he'd be happy with I him. think he would have, yeah. yeah. And, and Levine? Uh, I, I think Levine would have expected to come away with the three points, but I think he'd be glad that he didn't lose because then it starts asking questions all over but again. See, so I think he'd be happy with the point. Great support again yeah. through for the Jambos, through for Edinburgh, magnificent following there. And uh, they did the same in Saturday again. I watched it last night and that end was full. And they are exceptional at supporting the club. I mean, I, I think he will be happy with it because it's not a defeat. And I think if there had been a defeat, mm-hmm. I think people start asking and questions it, and all funny, over again. You know, because we've not had the wee uh, keyboard gangster on. <laughs> the wee guy that's a Mad Hearts fan, Liam. Liam, I think he might be. It might be on a different shift this week. A different planet, I think. <laughs> um, he comes on. He comes on there, and it's Lavine this, Lavine that, and it gives me pelters. And he was on at a minute past six or night there, and I says, "See you, wee man. You're a keyboard gangster." And he says he's getting pelters. He's worked for it. So have we heard for Liam? Uh, <laughs> no, he hasn't been on. He was on. He was on. He was on earlier on. Liam was saying something uh, about oh, I because we were talking about how Rangers and Celtic are looking at Aaron Hickey, and he said, oh, I the old firm do what they always do. Uh, buy players off the lesser teams and then don't play them and ruin their careers. Mm-hmm. So he was he was vocal well, earlier on. They're just going backtracking a wee bit. You know, boy Hickey's exceptional and a great talent at seventeen. But will you what? get a call up tomorrow, possibly. But you I play, would. You play yeah. the right back. I would. Aye. Maybe solve your problems. Aye. But, but I would. But going back to Saturday, what a great ball uh, Borno Barisic played in for Morelos yeah. and and Barisic as much as we thought. You know, and I think personally. 
looks more comfortable with Hollander next to him. But Katic did no wrong on Saturday. Um, and he, he linked a wee bit better with his middle two and three and went and played a little bit. But Barisic is beginning to play. Here, no here's one for you both. Do you put Shanklin in the squad? This boy's going for fun, youngy. Unbelievable. <laughs> why would you not put him in the squad? <laughs> What's that? You look as if you're soaking lemons. Why, 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 would, why would we know as a country where we are? Why, why, do, why would we feel as if it's a backward step putting a championship player in who has just absolutely scored me his eyes shut? I, I, I think that's a good point, Bill. Whether that happens, whether he's... You know... <laughs> Youngies still thinking <laughs> about it. Bill, Bill. <laughs> no, I, go back to, I go back to something uh, that Craig Brown had told me um, when he was in the manager of Scotland and he said he would pick the player that was scoring goals because that player at that particular time is in a, an area and mentally that he's scoring goals. Remember the time um, we played Australia in the playoffs I mean, for the World Cup? Mm-hmm. Scotland played Australia mm-hmm. and Craig picked McAvenny. McAvenny. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't played much. But he was scoring goals. He was scoring goals. Mm-hmm. And that was, that, that was what I was thinking about, about Shanklin. Mm-hmm. I look at the leagues, I look at the, you know, Dobie's no scoring for Queen of the South this, this year. Mm-hmm. And that's where they are. I'm looking at uh, Morella scoring for Rangers. I'm looking at our boys, the guys that are prominent for us. I look at Rory McAllister's no playing with Peter Head. You know, I know I'm going down the leagues a wee bit here. What do you mean he's no playing? Not scoring? No, he's no playing. He oh, he's no playing. Th- and they're no winning. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's crucial mm-hmm. would would Shanklin be as effective um, is it just maybe a step too far or is it just one of the things when you know when you're hot you're hot he's doing his cell no harm Bill well look one of the games against San Marino so you're going to expect to have a lot of the ball and that's maybe the, the kind of game of blood to have a, a penalty box player well we're in a situation here we're not getting out of this group we've got a massive game and I feel so strongly if we can't qualify for this tournament with their parachute playing, you know, because of our uh, nation's league yeah. success, if if thirty-two teams out of fifty-four qualify for the next year's finals and we don't, we'll never qualify. Mm-hmm. So do you you take every one of these next games individually and try everybody and anybody because it doesn't matter. And you play hickey and they're talking about Gallagher at Motherwell and they're talking about Halkett before they get injured and all of these all of these different players that are on the periphery and do you just try and get something there. Gallagher in the minute for me. Yeah, top top player. I like you still haven't told me about Shanklin yet. I think players are... Still sitting in the fence, <laughs> aren't they? I know, I know. No, he doesn't fancy him, but he's not having him. <laughs> some, players not having like, him Bill. some players have got a level. We, we've got, well, we've got two words him. that we use in this programme. Yes and no. <laughs> he's not having them. Which one do you want to go for? He's got for? a level. He's got do, a you level. Pick, do you put Shanklin in the squad? No. You don't? There you go. Ooh. That's a headline tomorrow in the online version of The Sun. Well, do you put David Goodwill in? Hello, is that your Lawrence? That's a headline. That's a headline. Is that your Lawrence? We young, you just doesn't hate you, mate. That's a headline in the online version of The Sun tomorrow. Do you put David Goodwill in? Cove Rangers assistant says Shanklin not not good enough for uh, Scotland squad. Yeah, that's that's shocking. Do you put David Goodwill in? That's a headline. David Goodwillian. Yeah. We're only talking about him. We're talking about Lawrence Shanklin. No, good, don't try and reg- don't try and reg- the bag that you've just you, jumped into. Do you put Mitch Meganson in? Don't jump it in uh, the bag that you've just wriggled <laughs> into. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not having them. <laughs> he's not having them, the wee man. No, he's not. It's <laughs> got to be said. The wee boy's out. <laughs> yeah. Robbie, can you hear this? <laughs> Remember it when they come to you for a loan player. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually got two that are doing brilliant for us. 
<laughs> Aye, wait till you see what happens when you get in tomorrow. <laughs> the wee post it note. Back. <laughs> the wee post it note. Listen, bye. <laughs> maybe Dundee United wouldn't want him to be an either. They'll be quite happy. That'll be their, their gem for the season. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Neil? Chance of picking up something. Listen, he's going to continue to score. You see when it's got international player after him as well, how much do you think they're going to get from him then? Well, well you just wonder. You know, does Morelos get called up for Colombia? Yeah, he's uh, up. he has. Yeah, yeah he did. I. Yeah. After well, being put, left out team before. But you just wonder, Lauren Shanklin couldn't have done any more at United. Couldn't have done any more. And I think the, the infamous period he had at Aberdeen probably stopped a Premier League club coming in for him. I've got to be honest with you. See, giving a body swerve to the, the Premiership this season, I think is a masterful stroke by Shanklin and whoever looks after him because he's going to score goals and he has started to score goals in that league and it's just going to make his currency rise and see if he can get into the international squad. No. Different story altogether. Yeah. and, and Whoever comes for him. And you, you probably look at a bit of steelness coming from him. They're saying, well, you know, stuff use if you're not signing me. I'll go to a big club, Dundee United. Young, he's been there. He knows the potential of the club. It's massive. Dundee United are doing well in the Premier League. They're up there with the best of them, aren't they? And, uh, you know, he's obviously been looked after. But nobody in the Premier League, I don't think, come in with hard cash to take him. And, and you know, you're not going to tell me that there's, there's Premier League clubs now would take him in a minute. Oh, d- doubtless. What can he deal doubtless. with here? Well, you just well, look at St Mirren, can he score goals? Well, there you are. Lauren Shankland would score but goals Dundee in St Mirren. Dundee United is a better, better club than, I think, St Mirren. I think Dundee United are a bigger, potentially a bigger club than St Mirren. I think they're a bigger club than... headline number two. I think they're a bigger club than Hamilton. I think they're a bigger club than... Listen, I don't need to go through them all, but Dundee United, if they're firing, are tucked in there behind the old firm, given the fact, you know, they're winning games in the Premier League. Mm, gentleman Jackson had his tea tonight Craig Brown picks players that are scoring goals <laughs> Jackson, Donnelly, Booth Instead of McCoy in France 1998 Makes a mockery of that train of thought <laughs> You didn't say anything on this show young The last me. coach that got Scotland qualified for a major tournament Yeah, No doubt about it uh, Right, let's move on Kelly against Ross County uh, I actually only saw the headlines of this, but I thought Kelly looked pretty decent. I've got to say, or maybe it was at Ross County, we're all at kind of sixes and sevens for a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Youngy. I, I said to, to Hugh and Heggs over the last couple of weeks, I think it's taken Ross County a wee bit of time to get up to the pace of the championship. Uh, and they've been just that wee bit off the pace, not winning the second balls, not getting to the balls first, waiting for the ball to come to them. And I think the last couple of weeks you can see them getting better now and starting to win. But on Saturday, I have to say, it looked as if they were back again off the pace. I, I totally agree with you. I, I think when you're, they had such a good season last year um, and they didn't improve the squad that greatly because I think they denied last year that the, the players they had they felt were good enough. Mm-hmm. I think Billy Mackay still out. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was a, a good goal scorer. Um, I worked with Billy; he's a, a smashing lad as well. But I think these two type of teams have changed in the last three or four games. Kamarnock seem to have a bit more shape about them. Again, I don't know where they're going to score goals from. Uh, maybe Lauren Shanklin could could play in a Kamarnock team. Yeah, yeah, goal yeah. Right. yeah. Um, they seem to, they, everything seems to be a bit more palatable now. I heard they were internally, you know, as a foreign manager coming in, and there was a wee bit, of, you know, some players went out, and you've got to get your methodology over, and you get your buy-in for your players. And um, I know one or two of the young players that are in there just now, and, and they're enjoying it because the manager's having them, uh, and that brings a wee bit of energy and a wee bit of infection to the team. But they, they seem to be well. I didn't fancy Ross County go to Far Park last week and won. Um, yep. You're at the game, Shug. Yeah. Um, but. No, I, 
there's a few teams there I, I just think you know that, that they're needing they're crying out for a goal scorer mm-hmm. yeah but I, do, I, I didn't see it all but I tell you what I've seen a horrendous penalty for Osmond so it was a terrible mm. effort you know and, and you know what, would, what can you do I would debate that it was even an effort <laughs> what can you what can you do when, what, you know when that happens again I'm looking at it who does Alison McConnell did the report and uh, you know Ross Laidlaw's get, get 8 out of 10 for Ross County so that tells you that Kilmarnock's had the, predominantly the best of chances uh, again he's got Alec Bruce back in Stuart Finlay who are right anyway the big centre half yeah. big left sided player good player get Dicker in power Rory McKenzie's never far away from sevens and eights um, so uh, a slight improvement I think Stephen O'Donnell with a six slight improvement this is a ritual we go through every week on a Monday with Shug for some reason he finds it therapeutic to recite the whole Kelly team <laughs> I've missed it who, who I can't say his name as well Mohamed El Makrani uh, he's, he's been a boy that we've seen remember Nicholas Hamalainen he's kind of Good he's player. kind of been yeah but he's been who? kind of in and out again. Hamalainen the left back El Makrani El Makrani yeah, I, 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 th- I think he's been needing games, Bill. Aye. We've seen him against Rangers. Aye, he didn't look fit. No, he didn't look fit. Imagine him to he's looked fat. Can you believe that one? Didn't he look fat? I don't try and pretend I'm a Premier League footballer. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's stayed in the team. So he must be doing something pleasing for the manager to, for, a, for him to be in there. And um, really, I think, I think it's plaudits to the boy that he's kept his selling, got himself fat and doing better, getting better, better. But again... Probably Ross County, yeah, on the back of winning the week before. Two away games, four out of six in the Premier League. That isn't a bad return. Uh, Kelly, better, getting better, slowly but surely. Uh, uh, Alessio getting there, as Young he says, it's taking I think, time I think, to get across. I think he's put the things in reverse gear, though. i got to be honest with you. I think he's gone back more to what Stevie Clark was doing, because mm-hmm. I could see I him think starting right. to change things. Yeah. And I think when you see them line up and you see the play now, it looks more like the Stevie Clark team than it did certainly the first game of the season that we watched them uh, and a couple of games after that. I think he's, he's decided and he's recognised. I think Kelly fans have probably told them as well, to be honest with you. I think that could have been one of the, maybe a wee internal meeting, maybe with the, the staff that were, were left over and maybe some of the senior players, maybe saying, hold on, we need to, you know, new manager wants to come in, he wants to put his own stamp on it, but sometimes you need to wait until you recruit and you're actually better with sticking what was working well for you because I know the players were happy when when I, was, I met Stephen O'Donnell and he was telling me that Stevie Clark was, was very, very simple in his organisation um, and his training methodology and in his game plan and they all knew what their jobs were. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the new managers came in and kind of ripped everything up for pre-season. Now we played that corner's keys and I can't believe how you know how they beat us but uh, I, I, could, I couldn't imagine how they could beat Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. Well, I was at that game. And and um, you know for twenty minutes, come on, battered them, Aye. battered them, and, and couldn't couldn't score. Um, and that was a big big hangover for Alessio. That was oh, massive. That, ten weeks to get out that system, Bill, because. I was at that game and it was like a party atmosphere when I went in. Come on up to Europe. People had booked for the, yeah, the, the Oh, they were away. Aye, they were there. They, and, they, and they, they all went. They all went. There's a great story there because when we played Connors Key, some of the, the Kilmarnock fans had, you know, like planes, trains and automobiles so trying to get to Belgrade, was it? Mm-hmm. Going to play. Aye. So some of them were flying for Liverpool and that's where Connor, Connors Keys were on the plane. We were the Kilmarnock fans. <laughs> Going to be, they just kept the fights. <laughs> went, went to Belgrade for the weekend. Or the, the, the That's right. Aye. Aye, and they're the same playing as the, the Connors Key team. Aye. Unbelievable. Um, but that, that, that game hurt him. And, and I think there were a lot of people were maybe 
misjudging his ability on the back of that result uh, because you well, just... I, I, sorry, I'm going to butt in and I think I, can, I know where it changed and I really do think this is the case. Mm-hmm. I think Broadfoot and Kilty did him a favour when they went public. I think that's when it changed. That's mm-hmm. when, you know, when ex-players come out uh, and start saying things well, about this, that and the next thing. That is where I think it kicked in the change and they went back to the Stevie yeah, no, Clark the, the, way. The, I the, totally agree. The, the Broadfoot thing, it's quite strange because it wasn't as if he was bombed, but I, I told you there was a couple of times I'd been at games and I'd watched him shouting at Broadfoot during the match and Finlay and what have you, and it was fairly kind of schoolboy, basic stuff, which he was trying to get on to him. The two players were looking at him. Do you going, want some of that you know, women and what, 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 did they, what did they talk about there? So I think he was quite a strong character at, at Kilmarnock Big Broadfoot. I think he's pretty well uh, opinionated, yeah. nothing wrong with it. And, and it's probably the last thing that, that the yeah. new manager needs. It's the last thing you need, and and for yeah, but, me, but if it does the trick and it gets him refocused on a team that was playing extremely well, and like we all knew, and dropped the captain as well, Bill. No, Dicker was dropped, and uh, yeah, but, but, but how was that a smart move? Well, I don't know, but again, maybe the managers learn. I can, be, I, I'm better with Dicker in the team, you know, um, than, um, than than knowing it, and him and Power are certainly. You know, the catalyst in there, they're them two main anchor guys who do all the business for them. Listen, so. I, I know when, when foreign managers come in, or foreign coaches, and I've did it the other way, and I, I learned a great lesson. We had a, we had a coach came to Mullerwell, and he was quite patronising about the league and how bad the league was, mm-hmm. and that he was going to teach us how to play football. That, that was his words. He was going I've heard to, that before, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, and the players just they weren't having it, because these are guys that are a good level, uh, we had really good senior players in there, and he bombed them. And he brought a lot of kids in, which was great for the kids, but wore a one-trick pony. And we'd, but at this point in the season, where we played everybody in the first quarter, and we're sitting, you know, in the top four, and see the time we came to the next quarter, we were second bottom of the league mm-hmm. because he'd, he'd lost the dressing room. We coming in and, and we approach that the SPLs. Uh, he says SPL would stand for Scottish Pub League. Mm-hmm. That was one of his quotes. That was one of his quotes. And. The players were were substandard and they didn't know how to play and it was embarrassing that the teams were shelling the ball up the park and we need to insist that the ball gets played through the thirds and whatever. But that that was a great learning point for me because when I went abroad to coach, I went and won hearts and minds rather than go in with some bullshit attitude that you guys and, and I was going to leagues that were, were lower than Scotland. Mm-hmm. But if you go in and lose the dressing room, you, you've no chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can slowly drip it in once you've got the buy in and you can display things that will help them uh, personally improve and collectively improve, but if you go in with the, the heavy hand that you're the best and, and they're so poor, then you've lost it. And the thing about Kilmarnock as well, when he, when he went in to get that gig, you know, sometimes when managers leave, there's a mass exodus of players. Yeah. That didn't happen, Bill, did no. it? No. I don't think it was him to left, was there? It's like their situation at Cove. You can't throw the... You've got good players. Mm-hmm. so You work with them. You work with them. Same as Gary Holt, uh, you know, yeah. Livingston. at Livingston. What, what great! If you're going into these jobs, not when they're bottom of the league, Jim Goodwin's got the hardest job. Going into Kilmarnock wasn't the hardest job, other than expectation levels. But you're going in there with team like you said earlier. They've got a good winning mentality. They've, they're, they're together, and you've you've not got to rock the boat. But again, you'll you'll think I'm daft when I say this, but he didn't know he didn't know what to do, and I'll tell you how I know that. One week he'd be standing at the sideline in a suit. The following week, he'd be standing in a tracksuit. Then he'd be back to a suit. Saturday was 
a tracksuit or a jacket suit. top <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the suit bottoms with the, the shoes on. Mm. You know, he, was, he didn't even know whether he was supposed to be, you know, the tracksuit manager, the suit manager, how they wanted him, mm. how the players would accept him. And the boys, to be fair, had been struggling for a wee bit of his own identity there. Yeah. He knows that he's following a big pair of shoes in Stevie Clark. But I honestly think that the Broadfoot and Kilty thing, when it came out and then went public, was when he went, better have a look at this. Yes, I've got to agree. I'd be, I'd be surprised if somebody internally, they've still got the same assistant, haven't they? I like Dyer, uh, Dyer yeah. I'd be surprised <clears throat> if he if, wouldn't feel it was in his capacity to chat the door and say, look, listen, this is what worked for us. And I know speaking to one of their players, they told me the same thing, that their jobs were so were simplified by Stevie Clark. They had a very simple game plan and everybody was comfortable with it. So he, he, there's no reason to change that. You can do it over a period of time and, and you'll, you'll shape it your own way and then you maybe bring in your own players and, and suddenly within three transfer windows the team's unrecognisable mm-hmm. and the style of play is unrecognisable. But if you go into a club that's been struggling and they're bought in the league and you need to get the, the, the environment in a happier place, that's, that's a harder gig than going into somewhere where everything's nice yeah no yeah. I agree I think that's absolutely bang on um, let's take a quick break guys we'll come back and we'll talk some more have you picked up the Feel the Heat brochure from your local plum base get one today and take advantage of great offers including Polypipe's Polymax 100 piece fittings bucket at £99.99 that's a 15% saving on purchasing individual pieces and it's exclusive to plum base the Polypipe Polymax 100 piece fittings bucket is just part of the Polypipe range available in the plum base Feel the Heat brochure shop online now at plumbase.co.uk or grab one from your local branch Motorpoint, we put the super into car supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning fast service and same day drive away. Plus, with Motorpoint's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a £50 Amazon voucher. Visit Motorpoint Glasgow today, just two minutes from junction three of the M74. T's and C's apply. See website for details. The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284 987. Grant Henderson Tankers, let the experts manage your waste. If you were persuaded by Lloyd's or the Halifax or any other bank to move your savings into a Stocks and Shares ISA or Unit Trust, which then ended up losing money, it's time to contact Goodwin Barrett. Text GOOD to 66777. Goodwin Barrett have already helped thousands of customers recover millions of pounds. Text GOOD to 66777 now. Goodwin You don't need a claims management company to make a complaint, and if unsuccessful, you can refer it free to the financial ombudsman. Love music. Live sport. Talking football. With Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Gordon Young on Rock Sport Radio. Okay, gents, Chipper got his uh, 
three points at home against Livy. I think we went for a Livy win actually on uh, Saturday. On yes. Friday. We, yeah, we did. There's no doubt um, we did. And we thought that it, it would be a Livy win, but uh, as I say, Chipper comes away with the points. So. Well, well done to Ackies. Chipper being chipper, you know, it was an unbelievable result for them. You know, Livy get ahead 1-0 and Alan Lithgow at the back post with a header and Hamilton just with a, a Blair Alston, I should say, Blair, Blair Athol. Athol. <laughs> um, <laughs> I get caught with that one night, didn't I? That Blair Athol does well for St Johnson. I think you're talking about Blair Alston, Bumsy. I do apologise, listeners. Um, and then, you oh, know... Blair Gowdy. Blair Gowdy, yeah. <laughs> I get you, there'll be mere, there'll be mere come out before 8 o'clock. And then, of course, you know what I thought was quite strange and very brave, the young boy, spot kick specialist Ross Cunningham, savoured his moment of glory as Hamilton won for the first time in six. The former Aki's academy kid hopes his goal will be enough to keep him in the team, but, you know, Chipper, you know, that's a brilliant result because I watched Livy uh, Gay Rangers quite a decent game midweek, um, you know, and, and we all thought, I think we all thought, that they've been strong enough to get through to a, to a team that, like Hamilton, I think Chipper's, I think Chipper's doing a decent job, I've got to say. Um, but, you know, to get two points against a decent side on Saturday at home, regardless, I'm disappointed with the crowd, I think. There was about three men in a dug at the game, I think it looked shocking. 1,007 uh, or something like that. Pretty are, poor. Are we back to two points for a win now? How? You just said they've got two points at home. Did I say two points? Oh, you don't miss much, eh? <laughs> uh, that's how we're not a match. Blair Athol keeps the other one. <laughs> that's how we're not a match, Bill. <laughs> uh, but no, listen. Don't be swiping good, me. Good on, <laughs> good on the old chipper. Uh, I like chipper. Uh, wants to up the ante a wee bit and some of the jumpers that he wears at the side of the party. Wants to smartly sail up a wee bit. I've got to say, if he's listening, chipper, we've got some old gear we might bring, bring in for you. I think chipper would look better than a, a, a tracking. I think he'd look better with a tracking one. Because, you know, he, he stands here with a pair of black trousers and a big jumper on in the middle of summer, yeah. It's cold. Oh, oh it can't be that cold. Anyway, he, he, he's done great and his interviews is very good and all. Did you hear me at the weekend? Did I you, did. He's fresh and, you know, he's just, he's just loving Listen, it. Listen, the night Brian was in here with me, I, I thought it was great. I loved good it. Fun, he, was, he was really he was really honest. He was really open. Lovely shirt and uh, sweater on that night. <laughs> really, very smart. You want them back, don't you? Chipper, you look great, pal. You want them back. I think that's a brilliant result. Like you, I saw the Rangers uh, Livingston game, and uh, Livingston are a, a hard team to play against. Youngie, I think they're a better footballing team than people give them credit Livingston. for. Yeah, I but, totally agree. Yeah. But I think they're a better footballing team this season than they were last season. Well, that's maybe down to recruitment. They brought in Erskine, they brought in Sybil. Um, Sybil? My boy, Stephen <laughs> Lawless, is, is one of my favourite players. Um, and they're all footballers. And like you say, because they go three at the back sometimes, and the the big boy London Dykes is a, a handful. Yeah, Chug said that the other week. Um, he didn't play on Saturday. No, he was injured. No, he's they would miss him because he's a he's a decent player. He took a knot against Rangers during the week. He is a player. Aye. Said to you, Bill, he's a good player. Uh, and the big boy Marvin Bartley does a turn for him as well. That's a great bit of recruitment. Yeah, good player, very good player. Um, you know, um, Scott Robinson as well. He was in Neighbours, wasn't he? What? A terrific player. He's, uh, he's a very unlucky young player. He Who's that? He came through at Hearts. Scott he, Robinson? Aye, uh, he's a smashing footballer. You, you think of the, the players they've got in the middle of the park, Jacobs in there, Lawless in there, Erskine in there, and they rotate them all. Sybil mm-hmm. um, in there, who I had it at Falkirk. They're all, they're all smashing football. Young, I spoke to Holt when Kenny Miller got the job and he was on here and he was absolutely pleading for a chance to get in front of the board at Livy. Then when it didn't turn out, 
he got the job and I had him on the day after he got the job and he was on a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago as well but I said to him the day after he got the job you know what's your thoughts what do you, you think you've got to change what, what do you think you've got to do he said nothing he said I don't think it's broke so I don't have to fix it can we, can uh, all I need to do this, is fine tune it can we rewind this back 15 minutes then when we're talking about Kilmarnock Go down and do similar. Yeah. Why would you need to change it? Did anybody see Alec Gogic throw in at the weekend? Did you see it? Aye. Did you see it, young? It no. was a bit unorthodox to say that. Aye, it was kind of. It wasn't it? You know how you get shelled in there. The boy yeah. Lithgow can shell them yeah. in. Well, it was a can he up and over. It was, <laughs> and it, was a, go. it was a strange And he got away with it. It was more like a, a basketball toss. Well, obviously scored for it because that's, you know, where, where Blair Alson got his goal for it. And uh, it was well documented. It was, it was a strange one. about it last night, didn't they? Uh, yeah, it was a strange one. Um, when was the last time you saw a referee giving a decision for a, a foul throw? You never see it now? No. Week before last, I forget who it was, but I think it was a Celtic game. Youngie, you should be able to throw it in anyway, anyway. <laughs> we should. Aye, but you I should get, be able I to get... throw it in anyway. Uh, you know, remember so? when they were talking about that be... daft idea of kicking it in? Aye. I remember. I might know. Like a lot of volley in, just throw it. Well, like, like like you were taking a dead ball. What, what, you know, what's Aye. so wrong by being able to throw it out the way the goalie does? What's so wrong with that? Because you see if you're into it's, that... It's not in the rules. No, it should be. I think it should be. This, you know... Well, you, you, technically, you, I'd see these long throw at Merchants. They Every time they take a long throw, most of them, it's a foul throw. Because the foot goes over the line correct. and they're moving. The, the, the one that used to stick out was the boy Rory Delap at Stoke. Aye, but you see... Remember that? What is it with Stoke? Because the boy Bowers got a throw oh, on them nice. as well. Oh, the Celtic what, player? Aye, aye, what is it with you? Stoke players? Do they just train them to throw the ball? Liverpool's got a, a throw-in coach. That's right, yes. We were talking about it the other That's week. That's his job. I know. To work in throw-ins, and it's all about the trajectory and the pace and, and how they, they recycle the second ball. And that, know, that's, that's another level. That's incredible, isn't it? Coach. You mean the boy used to do the, the, the somersault and throw it in? Aye. Aye? Yeah. He got away with it. I went to America. All the kids did that. Did they, young That was coming. Fired out a cannon. You were getting a throw in in the rain half, and this ball was getting shelled at 65 miles an hour. Defend it. Defend it. Well, Alan Nusko's got a great throw in, I've got to say. But again, now they'll be. They'll be wanting him in the box when you know when it just comes into the box. But it's you've got teams, and it's part of their game plan. Great win for Hamilton. Keeps it going. Uh, and chippers a breath of fresh air. Uh, obviously, you know, the big boy Canning we'd spoke about year in, year out, done a fantastic job, stability, kept them up there, got a bit of stick off off uh, one man and his dog up the stand, but but generally kept them there. And then Chipper went in and uh, hey, there's another game, Darren McKinnon. Out the, out yeah, he was he was on the bench. Yeah, I know. But there's, was the, there's something not right. Yeah, we said that on Friday. There's something not right when your captain's getting left out and your so-called like talisman midfield player, isn't he? He's been there so long. Um, Darian McKinnon's like Hamilton Scott Brown for me. Well, that's right. I think he tries to be Scott Brown. Maybe that's why he's not getting a game. Um, <laughs> so he's been kind of left out of things. But Chipper's come out and openly said, listen, we've had a chat right now. Uh, it's been a, a tactical change that, that, that uh, Darian hasn't started. But Darian will not be happy with that. He's, mm. the, he's the midfield player. He's the captain. He's the, the catalyst. And he's been left out. So all is not well. All is not well. I'm, 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 Chipper has got to come out and say that. You know he has. He's not got to come out and say we've had a, a training ground bust up. He's out the plans right now. Mm, to an extent, if, there is, if that, something's happened like that, he wouldn't have been in the squad. And we would be reading about it. So maybe he just suddenly doesn't fancy him. Wants a different balance and a different blend in the middle of the park. Maybe everybody's going through Darren McKinnon. 
Youngie, you know. No, Darren McKenna was going through everybody else. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's naughty. He can be naughty, but maybe that's chippers and what not. I don't know. Well, it's, he's a gaffer, but you know, when you're left out, and it's the same old one. You're left out, and the team win. It's even harder to take. But you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not the style he wants. Because I said to you a couple of weeks ago, remember that you know, talking to Jipper <clears throat> and watching Hamilton, I felt sometimes they had to kind of stop trying to play football and win ugly. Mm. Uh, but he doesn't like that. I mean, he's made it very clear the type of football that he wants to play, mm. the type of football he's been involved in previously. It's whether you've got the players that have got the quality to do that or not, but sometimes you've just got to grind things out. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's what I think St Myrna are doing. I think St Myrna are, are they'll no play any football. At, how how long get the ball doing and play? St Myrna. What are you up for that? <laughs> what are you so up for? You're having a go at me and some no, no. grind. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're on that one or not? No! <laughs> De- <laughs> definitely no! Like? What? What's your phone bill like? <laughs> oh, 908. Oh, I'm actually terrified now. See if you start swiping me. Do you know what worries me? <laughs> Do you know what's worrying? Do you know what's worrying? You can say something innocently now and he starts taking it the other way. I think, <laughs> I think it's a guilty conscience. No, I don't. I definitely don't. <laughs> Oh, oh dear me. Brilliant. Anyway, Alec Gogic was. Uh, Hang on, Youngie was talking. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, think, I think I put him off here. His long throwing led to. I, he was man of the match. Whether he did or not, you're getting, you're getting bumped. Yeah, what do you think, uh, the wee boy Aaron McGowan at right back plays with Ackies? Have you seen me, Aaron McGowan, play? He's quite a tidy wee player. Again, they've got players coming through. Sam Stubbs in as well. Brian Easton. You know, there's the likes of Sam Stubbs he's brought in. That's, that's a racy player. Um thing as well, Brian Eason, the got for St Johnson who started his career there uh, Lewis Smith that he's blooded again this season, another one Ronan Hughes we don't know much about Blair, Blair, Athol <laughs> uh, and, and Steve Davis so, you know, he's, he's brought a few players in there, over and above what, what, he's, what he's took off uh, um, Martin Canning and, and adding to it so, good on the chipper, who does chipper work with, is it just the old, is it the existing assistant Booz, manager, aye, boozy. big guy Boozling. yeah uh, but great to see it Great to see them winning But he's got a style of play And he's got a style of coaching And you can see that in the team mm-hmm. It's totally different for Well you said earlier on The, the manager put his stamp on That's it and, You know that way And buying off the manager And him putting that into the team And implementing that on the park So I like Chipper great, great, He's a great lad But guys there you go again Gary Holt and Livy They're sitting there at the minute In sixth place mm-hmm. Early on again And and you know I had a weekend of mini Holt is well, good yeah, but he, You know They get a good start And then if they drop A couple of points They kind of rally again uh, And he gets the points In the bag very quickly At the beginning of the but season But he did say In his interview last night Bill He was ha- unhappy About their defending Yeah You know yeah, he, he did. cannot go anywhere And defend yeah, like that No he did And it's probably The first time We've heard just that wee you know, Bite and his voice, because he's usually fairly open and go, listen, you know, it didn't happen for his day, blah, 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 and they're short and sweet his interviews, but last night, you know, he wanted to put that over. But again, he'll be coming back from New Douglas Park thinking these are the teams we've got to beat. Aye, they're so big I, games. And what he'll be saying to his players is, he gave us this performance against Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we've come to Hamilton. Have we just thought it's a turn-up job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that, let's listen I that. think a lot of people must have thought that. I do. Th- I, I think they play better football than they get credit for, and I think they're a better footballing team this season than last season. I've been saying that for weeks. But I, I think really that's do. what he wanted to bring to the party. Take what he had off the previous manager 
and add to it and get better and they've done that but and you know lost like, a few players as well do you know what I like about Livy as well Youngie if they have to get a wee bit coarser in the way they play they're happy to do it it's one of these things where whatever it takes to get a point or two points or three points sorry uh, you know, and, and that's what I like about them. They're, they don't apologise for who they are or what they do. Mm-hmm. If they can play football, they'll play football. But if they have to do it the ugly way, they're happy to do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. I, would, I, would, I would agree with that. Yep. Uh, St Johnston now Motherwell won, and it just doesn't get any better for Tommy, does it? Youngie? Well, again, I, I fancied Muller to go there and, and win because I. I saw them play against Hearts and, and Hearts were really that was in the, the, the cup game and I, I thought Motherwell didn't turn up that night and then Motherwell go to Tynecastle and give, give Hearts a pasting and when Motherwell are on it with the pace they've got in the wide areas they're, they're a hard team to play against this season I think they're a more expansive team now when he's ditched you know the three-five-two system uh, that, that's for about six or seven months now and I think they're a, a, a decent team to watch now but there must be problems at, at Perth mm-hmm. Well, there is, and, and again, reading the papers today, you know, the record always do that, it's five points, five pointers for Saturday, and he said it's an awful statistic, but St Johnston remain winless in the league after seven games. Tommy Wright's proved himself to be a top manager during his, 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 his reign at McDermott Park, but losing at home to Murrow is another sign they may need a fresh face bill. So, you know, they are beginning to be a wee bit disgruntled up there, and again... Um, you look at and, and I thought the signings of Anthony Ralston, Anthony Ralston from Celtic, um, Jason Holt as well from Rangers, and and Dre Wright's back in Stevie Wright, Michael Harden. They've got no bad players. Oh, that might just be a, a freshness, you know that that you know what I mean. You know that could be a job for you know a couple of up and coming young managers in the league that that could go and work with, with better players in a better environment. <clears throat> what do you think, Youngie? Fancy that? <laughs> no, I, I think they recruited well when I when I saw those signings Aye. at the tail end of the window. Mm-hmm. The last time I was in here, I had St Johnston has bought me the pile mm-hmm. because I felt you were actually had Motherwell top three. Bill, it's no coincidence. Upstairs for thinking, <laughs> downstairs for dancing. <laughs> Listen, one of the things I'm going to say, and I'm going to say it anyway, I, I don't think they look like a team. I think they've got a group of good individuals, St Johnston, but I don't think they're gelling I think, as a team. I, I really genuinely think, and, and we spoke last year, I got a wee bit of stick of Bill and, and Paul Hegarty. I thought last year was a change for Paul, for uh, Tommy Wright. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I thought last summer, not summer, the, the years past. You thought, thought there was nowhere to go with them. I thought, listen, I think Tommy's tired now. He needs a change. Why not even give whoever's there, you know, Alec Cleland and, and, and uh, Murray, Murray Davidson, Murray mm-hmm. Davidson, no Murray Davidson, Callum, oh, Callum, Davidson. Callum Davidson. See, away, Callum, is he? Oh, Elvis is dead. Is he? Right, OK. Um, so, <laughs> but right. Shergar's running right. at the right. All right, OK, all right. <laughs> I fancy Shergar. All right, calm down, calm down. <laughs> you know, so, you know, um, I just think they need a freshness. I think that's a job there that... I could see an up-and-coming manager, certainly no Hartley or Young at Cove. It's too big a job for them. Uh, <laughs> a minute ago, would you fancy? I know, I've got, got to get my own back, you know. <laughs> so, I, I, it's, listen, it's, it's an attractive job for somebody, isn't it? Somebody will want that job. Um, and, and I think that'll be coming up sooner rather than later. Stevie May at the minute, and we've said it before he went there, I, I'm not quite sure what his role yeah, is. But he, couldn't, he could not hit a, bum, a, a cow's bum with a banjo. But what a chance, they've got a penalty kick. I know. Would you want your striker to take it or your left back? 
Men hvad sagde han? Theresa med. Hvad var det Stevie med? Brian med. Hør er os. Hør er med. Nuts in me. Hvad er det, han med? Snod det vi, man. Snod har man. Stevie Robinson wasn't exactly over the moon with the team's performance. He was glad to get the result, but he wasn't exactly well, over the moon when he was talking. It's difficult. Talk, talking about talking and listening to Stevie Robinson because come a, Saturday, a Sunday night if you've not watched it through social media which you do which obviously I'm incapable of doing <laughs> I've got to rely on the old console telly and come late on in a Sunday night I think we need subtitles after Stevie Robinson we need subtitles I understand them perfectly well, well I tell you you've got to be watching it because if you're sitting somewhere else and hearing it it's just a blur but I think I think he's he's, in, 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 he's infectious he's enthusiastic and that's how again we had doubted him for the Hearts job a few weeks back because I think he'll I think he'll get a better job no disrespect it's, it's uh, so you're trying to get, get Levine out now would Stevie Robinson take the St Johnson job no, well, that'd be a step down. Think so? I, I think it would be a step down for him. Do you not think it'd be a step yeah, down? Possibly. Uh, that was a bad statement. Sorry about I think they struggle. He's, even with getting fans in about the place, and look at the catchment area. You, you should be able to get into uh, Stirling and, and up a bit. You know. Do you know they've got some good, really good players in that squad as well, Motherwell? They really have. See that boy Grimshaw again? I thought he had a great game. I think he's a player, Grimshaw. I do. Um, I, I, I like him. And uh, I watched him against Ross County. <laughs> he's a magnificent young for 90 minutes. Uh, Declan Gallagher all day long. Richard Tate found himself on the team on Saturday. Well, I, th- I feel sorry for him because he's, he's so well quoted there and he's played in so many different positions down to injuries and unavailability, players getting sent off. I think if he'd have been back, his best position is right back. And there's a great one, a great name, Sherwin Seedorf. You know what a magnificent name that is. Sorry, he only got five out of ten, I've got to say, but I think five was for his name. Terrific uh, place. Terrific, aye, very quick. I watched him against uh, Ross County. Uh, but but for me, where was the boy Scott? James Scott, against six for ten. Good lad. Uh, man in the match was Liam Polworth, a 24-year-old Motherwell midfielder. I like Polworth. Was, was, was a real force. I like the boy Campbell. I know that played well against Ross County. Yeah, Middle Park, come through. Did you have him as a kid? I did, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Didn't play that well that day, I seen him. <laughs> the former in. <laughs> They've got good players. Good recruitment in the summer yep. for, for Motherwell. And... Uh, well, mate, continue well, well, super well. It's only song they've got. But I, I think that's a great example of how you recruit where the, the areas that you're, you're needed. They, yeah, they didn't have any pace, and we're changing that system where, where they were gone for a couple of years with two big lumps up front uh-huh. and <laughs> big lumps. Oh, a big, big, just big units up front, right. and and people kind of caught on to that a wee bit. And now I think you enjoy watching Motherwell play. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 oh, I, I think I think they they look really good. They move the ball well. Their movement's good. They've got a bit of pace in there, like you say, youngie. Uh, I like the way the boy Gr- uh, Grimshaw and, and that come. They, they run the channels and Gallagher, they're aggressive. But you know, Gallagher will move on as well. I think Gallagher's a great player. I like I like Gallagher. Well, like back, that's another compliment to Livingston doing so well when they lost their two centre halves that were potentially Scotland call-ups with, with Halkett and, and Gallagher. I can understand Stevie Robinson's disappointment a wee bit that he's only come away with one goal, but it's three points whether you score five or you score one. I, I think I think a shock to a lot of people was the previous week, losing 2-1 at home to Ross County, because Aberdeen, uh, Aberdeen Motherwell bossed that game, uh, and the boy James Scott had a great chance, and the goal has been a great save at 1-0, game's done in Dusty yeah. too, and then the left-back Kamikaze. Again, if you, if you looked at Motherwell's... I'm a great believer in looking at the 3-4 game window and Motherwell had a great four fixtures. Good runs. Yep. So, you know, if you beat Ross County at home, 
you go to St Johnson, the bottom of the league, you beat them, they get St Mirren at home next week. Yeah, good run. So they were disappointed, you know, not getting nine points out of their three games, mm-hmm. but if, if if they win, which I think they, they, they will on Saturday, six out of nine. Motherwell could, could be a team, obviously, you know, going back to cup runs and what have you. They could be wanting to watch this year in the Scottish Cup, Bill. You could see Motherwell getting a wee run and being a, a I, cup I, team. I, I actually think that Motherwell's biggest strength this season might just be consistency. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think they'll be fairly consistent, Motherwell. I think Muller yeah. will be doing well to hang on to the manager. I think there's, there's definitely him and, him and the um, assistant manager. Keith Lasley. Keith Lasley. Yeah. I, think I think they have definitely a freshness about them. They work well together. Lasley's done great for I tell you what, I don't, I don't know if I remember telling you, but when we had Keith on, when they weren't doing that well last season, he said, I said, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to change this? Are you going to do that? He said, no, we think we're doing the right thing. We've just got to stick with it and, and the guys will hit where they need to hit. Uh, and they did. Uh, and I, I do think it's a good management team, but I think Motherwell have got good players. I think they've got a great playing surface, so they're allowed to play as well, which is good. Um, but no, I'm yeah, glad it's, to it's see them up there. Now, isn't it? Yes. Well, was, that a new, was, that a new, was that a new groundsman to get in? I think they'd one or two over the last few years, and they've, they've, but they've invested in it. And it's that, outstanding. It is, it's, it's not been the same for Andy Russell passed away. Wee Andy, <laughs> wee bunny, yeah. <laughs> the wee man was brilliant. Um, so no, it's, it's, it's a shame that, that that got so bad. But I'll tell you one thing: they have been uh, they've been voted the best uh, best surface, which is great to see. Yeah, I think it's a cracking surface. I really do. But it's a club with great history and tradition as well, Motherwell. Well, uh, and you need that those clubs to be doing well in Scottish football. Yeah. Well, it becomes a wee bit cyclical as well. St. Johnson did really well for the last five, six yeah. years because the, <coughs> the nucleus of the team was there. But mm. all that, the, the Murray Davidsons, and they're all starting to get a wee bit Liam Craig. Past their sale. I said that the other away. Week. I thought they were getting a bit Ricky Foster's away. Yeah. 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 yeah, you lose them. Well, Mother, Motherwell's got a good nucleus that they've been together for. You know, the, the, the stalwarts have been there for a wee while, mm. and they, bring the, they, they give the young boys a chance. Yeah, guys, thank you very much. Always good to see you, Youngie. Cheers, Thanks youngie. for coming Brilliant. in. Uh, Shug, we'll Brilliant. see you on Friday with Heggs, and we'll talk all over again when we talk football. Thank you uh, for joining us tonight, and uh, don't forget the podcast will be up later on, and you can catch up on the video stuff later as well. Tapes up and Speedway coming next with Derek Smith. Love music, live sport, talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns, and Gordon Young on Rock Sport Radio.